Some people were born to sit by a river. Some get struck by lightning. Some have an ear for music. Some are artists. Some swim. Some know buttons. Some know Shakespeare. Some are mothers. And some people podcast. That was good. Hello, thank you. <laughs> I I can't do this for very long. I can't do this boy for very long. So also, one of you is doing Fran say... Lebowitz, and the other is doing Tom Waits in Shortcuts. Hello. There's no good restaurants anymore. Me or Kissy, come on. What, what, we should just say that we are all, in fact, old. This That's is... how the episode is starting out. We've never started an episode. Can't rightly walk, can no. I? No. <laughs> David's in a wicker learn. wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to end this episode in the crib. <laughs> but we start in one foot in the grave. Do you know, have any of you read the short story? Ow. The Curious Case of Benjamin Button by F. Scott Fitzgerald. The drunkest short story he ever wrote. I read it. You read in it? preparation for this. It's only like it's, 20 it, pages. It's quite, it's, it doesn't have too much in common with the film, right? It's, it's no. quite different. Ask me how many pages it is. You said 20, so I'm going to ask you how many pages it is. 20, <laughs> but it feels a lot longer. <laughs> <laughs> That just feels like it was like, wow, uh, whatever, God, we'll age backwards. And they're like, yeah, sure, Scott. Can you fucking, where's your novel? And he's like, uh, I, got, I just got to go get some cigarettes. I can't, I don't know why I'm doing That's not what we talked. <laughs> why, why is there suddenly it's about him dad? waking up with a hangover, yeah. feeling really old. Right. And the by problem. the end of the night, he's kind of like, goo goo got got baby drunk. <laughs> every, every, every impression we do in this episode is going to end up being be like seven. But I look a lot older. <laughs> I look a lot older. <laughs> Man, um, <laughs> the um, you know who I love? Who? Fucking, Benjamin Button. Yeah, that that especially that flavor. This guy, of Benjamin Button. I want that guy around. One of the ten <laughs> coolest characters we've ever covered on this podcast. Like he should be on Jackass. Snake Plissken. <laughs> you know, just hanging out with everyone else. Seven-year-old Benjamin Button. <laughs> Neo from the Matrix. <laughs> the Terminator. <laughs> Ripley. <laughs> It, Who are the biggest badasses we've ever covered on this show? What, 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 I was what, just going to ask if Brad Pitt is the only actor, other than Thornton, obviously, to be nominated for doing a sling blade. Sl- sling blade, yeah, <laughs> for at least half of this French movie. Fried yeah. potatoes. <laughs> he's doing a. He's gone full sling blade for at least a good oh chunk. God. Of it. The thing I was going to say about the story. Yeah, F. Scott Fitzgerald. In the story, he kind of talked like that. I don't know what would he talk like. And Old sport. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't know. Right. Take a take a swing. I've never heard him on the you know phonograph. <laughs> like, all right, the story. Your rock cylinder collection is not great, by the way. I the other day, last time I was at your place, I was leafing through. I it. fucking you know put a wick in one of them and lit it by mistake. Yeah. I was taking a bath. You have rumors. <laughs> right, rumors. Yeah, I'm born to run. Yeah, I've got no no jacket no deep required. Cuts, though. No deep cuts. Um, the thing in the story. Is it's like the father goes to walk around the block pacing and, and waiting for the doctor to come out right. with the cigar. Uh, the son, it's a boy. Congratulations, right? Right. He goes to the to the um to the post office, he gets his residual check for LXG. How to baby eats a boy. To make a, yeah. Okay. And to make a Jason Fleming joke. Doctor walks out, he's like, I'm ruined. I'm ruined, I tell you. And he's like, what, what, what happens? Is it a boy? Is it a girl? And he's like, it's something so awful. They'll take my degree away. Your family is banned from this hospital forever. And the accents are written phonetically exactly the way I'm doing them right now. And he's like, tell me what it is. He's like, I can't tell you. You go in there. You see for yourself. And he walks in and the nurses are like, oh, curse you. Curse you, Mr. Button. And he's like, what happened? What was so bad? 
point to me, which one is my baby? And they go, it's that one over there. And it is a little old man with a long beard who's like, right. hello, father. <laughs> right. they, like, He's not it, a baby. Right. He has an yeah. old man. He, he has, has an, an old man. Like an right. old man just kind of tiptoed out it's of Richard his Farnsworth wife's vagina. On a tractor. Right. Basically. Yeah. Right. That's how it's presented. And they're like, we have to swallow you in a blanket. He's like, blanket, that's no clothes for an old man. Like, <laughs> Let's go watch Matlock. Yeah. So, like a, <laughs> fully, a fully sentient old yes. man. Correct. Right. right. With, like, his own personality and history. Which makes sense when you hear that the first version of this movie to, like, properly be set up was Frank Oz directing as a Martin Short vehicle. Right. Yeah, oh which, is, which, is, which is basically, like— Right, a, Ben? Yeah. It's that a real it's a real path not taken moment. Right. It's true. It's but basically it, a Clifford sequel. Yeah. Basically yes. Yes. Clifford. Right. Clifford the yeah. whole the This might have— Life. Predated Clifford, or was it right after? I think it probably is around the same time. Yeah. I, but I do think but it was optioned in the eighties. We'll we'll, right. we'll dig in. Obviously. But that's what you think so about. Maybe like pre- Martin Short playing a literal old man in like probably. I assume it was meant to be a modern day adaptation. Sure, but like going to school. It sounds really fun and it sounds great. Right. We would Damn. have gotten Jiminy Glick that much earlier, you know, because yeah. I feel like that, that would Jiminy be sort Glick of the voice interviewing. Seven-year-old Benjamin Button. <laughs> right, yeah, right. yeah. How funny would that have been? No, you, no, you say you're seven, but you look a lot older. <laughs> Not you. This movie. But you look a lot older. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they look a lot older, don't you? <laughs> look, this episode's coming out a little bit Martin later. Short has been defended on the internet. The worst properly, take in the internet, and I don't sure. say that lightly, was dropped, and in in as a reward. For us all having to only read the headline and not read the body of that piece, right? We had the best four days of the internet in a long time, which was just everyone sharing Martin Short clips. And right. my new favorite glickism is when a guest makes a joke and he goes like, ah, "I almost get it." <laughs> exactly. He laughs first, then says like, "I, I don't think I understand." <laughs> um, you know, the way this movie, I mean, sort of like the magic trick of this movie is like building to the moment where you have Brad Pitt at the exact midpoint where he finally gets to be Brad Pitt, right? right. Where he's not de right. he's not kicked to makeup and whatever. It'd be so funny if the Martin Short movie, his perfect moment in the middle was Glick. <laughs> Yeah. That's when he that is ideal. Yeah. He glicks it. Right. He glicks, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it all glicks together. And that's when he gets with his love interest, and she's like, "We're meeting in the middle." Yeah. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, it's, it's his love interest, Dixie. Yeah, exactly. It's Dixie. Yeah. Listen, uh, this rests. is blank check with Griffin and David. I am Griffin. I'm David. I look a lot older. I look a lot simser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is. A podcast about filmographies, directors who have massive success early on in their careers and are given a series of blank checks to make whatever crazy passion projects they want. Sometimes those checks clear and sometimes they bounce. Baby, it's a miniseries on the films of David Fincher. It is called The Curious Case of Benjamin, I'm sorry, The Curious Pod of Benjamin Buttcast. Mm. Yep. Mm -hmm. And today we're talking about that film, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, which I think is fair to say. It's kind of his most maligned movie. I feel like it has the worst reputation. It's a joke. It's more of a meme than a movie at this yes. point. And I think after rewatching it for the first time since it was in theaters, that it deserves to be a lot more. Than I think that. this movie is very good. Yeah. This movie is very, very good. I think um, this movie is wildly misunderstood. And I think it is a perfect example of a movie that was fucked by being placed in the center of Oscar discourse. That's part and, of it. And having a crazy digital stunt that, that was all anyone talked about in the lead-up to the movie. And right. I, I, the context I, in which this I movie also, was released with those two forces there's, no, there are framed other forces. it horribly. 
Okay. David, David Fincher directing it, I think, is a huge, like, problem for this movie. Coming off of what is his entire career, arguably his best film, the yes. peak of his career. But it's right? not just that. It's just this is, to this day, kind of an odd, uh, sappy, in a good way, entry in his career. Well... We can talk about it. I'm just yeah. saying, like, people are sort of thrown, I think, being like, this is a Fincher movie? But like, I also think that's why its reputation is so weird, is that people also view it as a failed weepy. That they're like, this is him trying to go full emotional catharsis yeah, right. that's and the thing. failing. It's easy to tag it right. with, exactly. Like, Whereas I think... He's going Oscar bait. But like, he's you know. going for something kind of darker here, and then for other people, they're like, this is sappier than I want out of his cynicism. Well, look... I'm going to say my journey with this film, and I bet you I'm going to say your two journeys with this film mm -hmm. when I say this. Sure. Okay. Saw this film in 2008 yeah. when it came out. Yeah. I was 22. Uh-huh. You were probably a little younger. I was younger, 19, but I looked a lot older. And you were probably just a little older. I was a little older, yeah. But you looked a lot younger. I, well, no, you did. I could argue that. And I was like, boring! And then I didn't watch it again for a long time, and then I watched it uh, for this, and I cried my little eyes out. Interesting. And I was like, what a wonderful I don't film. think when you're that age, you... Yeah, I think I was not really... You have to really mood. have thought about death a lot more. You know, right. we, all, we've yeah. all had death in our lives, but like, I mean, your own mortality... Yes. And this is a movie yeah. where, like, everyone's like, oh, it's a sentimental Oscar bait. Yes, about the inevitability and the horrif uh, the horrifying inevitability of death and trying to eke some small modicum of hope. Not only know, that, but this movie is kind of about, like, meaninglessness. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's like, uh, like we're here and we're gone, right. and, like, there's not much can we can do about that. I, I, this just movie's be... most about working a tugboat, so I don't know. Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> talking about which, is, be... which, David, is meaningless. And to yes, be as <laughs> reductive as possible, but I do think this is, like, the cultural narrative of this movie is... He's trying to do Gump, right? Yes, right. And Eric it, Roth wrote it. Totally. Yeah. And it's He's positioned that way. Deep, it's Paramount. Know, deep South. They put know. a ton of money into it. It's got a huge beloved star, two huge beloved stars. But you're sort of like, this doesn't feel like the kind of movies big studios make anymore. And it's because Forrest Gump is this fucking aberration that every couple of years studios would be like, could we replicate that we in up? any way? And Big Fish is an attempt at a Gump. A mm -hmm. couple of years after this, Walter Mitty's an attempt at a Gump. Oof. When's the last time we Gumped? I think Walter Mitty was the end of them trying to even get a gump. Has right. there not been one gump since Mitty? And Walter Mitty parodies Benjamin Button, almost as if to say, they fucked up, we're going to gump it correctly. Right. But is, like, also haunted by a little bit of Stiller being like, how much, like, studio comedy do I need to put in this right. to satisfy, satisfy my audiences? Um, but this movie, I think people saw it as, oh, he fucked up trying to gump. Rather than and isn't that embarrassing? Right. Rather than I think Fincher going, here's my interpretation of Forrest Gump, which I think right. he executed pretty successfully to his worldview, but it is almost by design a movie that is kind of prickly and off-putting, and like it's it's not going to offer you any emotional catharsis. It's deeply sad if you really engage with yeah. what it's saying. It gave me some but in a way emotional. that like most people don't really want to have to think in this movie. Um. It's funny, though, because it's like I was talking to my friend who hadn't seen Button because she's like five years younger than me. And that's it's kind of enough. Our guest today, by the way, is Richard Lawson. Hello. A Vanity Fair local Hi. man. Can I just say before you finish your point, David, I am so honored just a few days after its New York Fashion Week debut mm. to be in the Congratulations Atelier. <laughs> yes. I don't think a lot of people get to come here. I'm wearing my uh, recycle polo. Yeah. I want one. David, I'm going to get All you right. one. I love um, a polo. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, we are... Uh, Call me a British mint because I love polo. <laughs> Ugh. 
Okay. Okay. Some people okay. get that. Yeah. Uh, we are like uh, just almost about a week. It's been, it's been about a week since we did um, Ben's the, Fashion Week. Congratulations yeah. live yes. at the Bell House. Yeah. Richard was um, a gracious enough to be a, a celebrity judge. I had a small of amount fashion. of participation in the show. And then I felt like the second half of the show, Mrs. Harris kind of took yeah, over. Yeah, you really got body checked off the yeah. stage. But it's by so Mrs. weird, Harris. though, because. I feel like there was no reason why you guys couldn't have done something together, but I, you just kind of disappeared. I'm such a big fan. I'm so on the record yeah. Look, of being I, such a big fan of her. I work. saw her backstage. That she was ego. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. She, she was fucking she, carrying it around she with She threw her. a phone at me. Yeah. <laughs> now, to be fair, you wouldn't hurry up and, right. and I, I, her I had stolen key. her Dior dress. But she did dust it first, too. That's the, true. The that phone. Was, it was that a squeaky was nice clean phone. Yeah. Um, it was so fun being backstage. It reminded me of being in college and putting on a play. Mm-hmm. And so I'm grateful for the um, opportunity, Ben, and, and you too, also. Thank uh, you. Yeah. Yes, Seriously. That's all true. It was so fun. And I want to thank you guys oh, sure. for letting me do that crazy show. Oh, of course. This is like two months old by but, the time I mean, this episode But it was very much <laughs> yeah, most, yeah. Nah, just yeah. a month. But it was okay. very much Griff and I just sort of being like... We're along for uh, the ride. So this is your thing. Like, people yeah. were kept texting me questions. <laughs> like, <laughs> logis- and I would just be like, guys, I understand that I'm yeah. often a logistical but person. You I'm, I'm only talent this time. Like, <laughs> you you yeah. arrived backstage exasperated and said like, what is this fucking thing? Why is everyone asking me where to go? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I was getting texts from a lot of people being like, I'm here, where do I go? And I'm like... Like, this is Ben's show. It's not my show. Ben, you and Marie. Your fashion show's in the spring in Milan. Yes. So. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I right. always yeah. do Milan in the spring. Yes. Everyone yeah. knows Everyone that. Everyone knows that. Um, you guys have a non-compete clause with each other. Um, uh, uh, you and Marie, party, party, party. Yes. Uh, did a long segment of uh, uh, your favorite looks in film history. Yeah, yeah. that I actually didn't really see much of because I was no, backstage. We were backstage. Yeah. Uh, had you seen Button before? I had never seen Button. I feel like there's some stuff in Button that could that could repurpose itself into a congratulations formal wear line. There's mm. some Lukes. Mm-hmm. Okay, such as? Uh, being seven and looking a lot older. Yeah. Uh, you know, tattoos you can kiss. Tattoos you can kiss. The, the Jared Harris character who does his own tattoos. That's He's uh, an artist. Those are some fantastic looking tattoos. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They shot up my paint. Isn't that what he says? They shot my painting. Yeah, painting. Painting. Yeah, he's a painting. Like he's talking okay. about his own. A lot of a lot of hot southern wool. Yeah, I like movies where people wear a wool down in the bayou. Yeah, yeah. Well, it breathes so well, you know. <laughs> yes. To finish my point, please. Um, talking to uh, my friend who's right, just a little younger than me, and that's enough to have not seen this in theaters, uh-huh. and then basically missed the boat on Button. Sure, because Button didn't really endure. That much. No, it bought its way into the Criterion Collection. God bless. I have. And otherwise, yes, exists as a joke, exists as a meme. And I was like, you know, this movie got 13 Oscar nominations. Which is like almost like. It's close to the record. It's like two below the record. Obviously, it's a technical. Three below. Uh But it got 13 Oscar nominations. It won three. It made $330 million worldwide. It starred Brad Pitt and Kate Blanchett. It was directed by. It has like, you know. Career launching performances from people like Mahershala Ali and Taraji Henson. You know, Not only like that, it's like basically it's immediately followed by Fincher's most successful run. 100%. Like this kickstarts him finally getting accepted by the Academy. They recognize him, and then he does the run where it's like three for three. The movies do well. They mm-hmm. get Oscar nominations. People are into them. Yep. Yeah, and yet it is. A completely forgotten movie in some way, it's other a than bit the joke. Forgotten movie. Other than she was like, "Oh, he has Benjamin Button." Right. Disease. She was like, right. "I know like, he ages backwards." Right. And I was like, "Yeah, you know, it's sort of related." Yeah. 
uh, to his, you know, long lost love in a diary while Hurricane Katrina bears down on him. Well, I'm realizing this whole... sounds insane as I type this out. Yeah, right. this like, is my I'm whole just... read on the movie. They're like, it's that Tiffany Pollard like meme, like Hurricane Katrina, like <laughs> yes. question mark, question yes, mark. Like, like an yeah. hour in, Forky was like, wait. That it's Hurricane Katrina. Like is literally, and I was like, yeah. yeah, it is. And they're like knowing newsroom esque lines of like, oh, it's it's gonna skip it's gonna us. it's not yeah, gonna yeah. hit the city, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, but then no, this is part of your big take. Okay, that's part of my big take. But if I can just put, I kicked my face down. <laughs> <sighs> this is usually what wow, David does, the, and the, I've the, gotten to the bad habit. The power is transferring. I know. Um, I, I'll 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 say my big take in a second. But my my uh, uh, journey to this movie was. Uh, I liked Fincher well enough, but he was not one of my guys. I go to see Zodiac opening weekend. I'm like, holy shit, he is the guy. Mm -hmm. In my mind at that moment, I'm like... You're saying that about the Zodiac killer. Yes. (laughs) And I was like, and the director did a pretty good job. I like what he stands for. I like how he does it. I hope Zodiac's still working. I'd love to see him do a couple more murders. (gasps) Boy, oh boy. I felt the way about the Zodiac killer I did about Axl Rose, where I was like, I got into him too late. Are they ever going to get back together and do the old routines again? The point is... Sorry, I was... Uh, no, and David checked his emails, and you checked your phone, and Ben started editing a different episode. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Zodiac, I was all about it. Right, yeah. And so then I'm like... Hard not to be. Whatever this guy's next movie is, this is now my most anticipated movie. And you'd hear these things because it had, like, such a long post-production process. I remember reading an article in 2007 in the New York Times about what they were trying to, like, pioneer. Mm-hmm. Um... Or, no, I'm sorry. I remember reading that article in 2006, before Zodiac even comes out. Um, and then I'm all in after Zodiac. The trailer for this movie I remember seeing for the first time opening weekend, Crystal Skull. Mm-hmm. The trailer mm-hmm. was not online. Yep. It's summer 2008. It's kicking off the summer. It's a lot of trailers for the big summer movies. Yeah. This thing plays, and much like I remember the feeling of when the Social Network Theater uh, trailer played for the first time. Yep. Two great fucking teasers yep. that have such a different tone than everything else that was playing that the audience just went pin drop silent I and must, was like what is this fucking thing I must have seen this trailer 100 times it was yeah. unbelievable and it's it, a great trip it is a movie that if anything suffers from the fact that it's trailer is a better version of what it's trying to do in 90 seconds than the movie is mm, yeah it's Look, just such a concise he evocative cuts a good trailer yes remember that Mank trailer everyone saying Mank all the time oh yeah Mank what's Mank uh, excuse me? Is that a movie? <laughs> it's an alert. It's a state of mind. <laughs> I say it to mean that there's a bird near you. Yeah. Mink! Yeah. Um, For me, it's more of a worldview. No, I mean, look, in 2008, I <laughs> yes. think we're probably pretty similar, Griffin. Yeah. I saw a lot of movies. I just moved to New York. Yeah. That was prime. That Yeah. Uh, yeah Didn't exactly. have a lot Same. of friends. Yes. Yes. Not to hum- humble brag. Humble brag. <laughs> I had no friends. I lived yeah. in New York. I saw yeah. a movie every week, if yeah. not more. Saw this trailer a thousand times. My rewatch of this movie was probably the second time I've seen it, but there's so many lines like, I look a lot older, yes. or we're meeting in the middle, or whatever, where I'm like, also, God, I heard that line. A that's main times. trailer. Yeah, the teaser main. has almost no dialogue right. other than the opening narration. Yeah, it's and just narration. It's, yeah. And it runs through his whole life. The yeah. trailer, the last shot of the trailer is Kate Blanchett walking the little With boy version. I mean, and I remember that very clearly. And it's just kind of like tone poem stuff, mm-hmm. but done in order. And you're like, holy shit. I also remember thinking, is Fincher the first guy who's cracked the Uncanny Valley? Thing? That was the whole well, and big that's question. And that's right. the promise of the teaser. Right. Because you're like, this is like pretty evocative and ca- yes. and magical seeming art. Like, but but it's also damned by those expectations. Totally. It's kind of why like the A24 trailers for The Whale yes. like did not want to show you Fraser. 
you know, because it was like... What do you mean? We had one perfectly good picture of him. Right, that was just <laughs> used worth in a everything. Thousand words. But you know what I mean? Like, it, it, like it, it, and <laughs> that was all you needed. The Benjamin Button one was even more withholding, yeah. you know, and it really worked until it kind of doesn't because you eventually do have to see the thing. Yes, yes. But that first teaser, I was like, holy fucking shit. Mm. And I remember saying to my dad, I, they played the trailer for the new Fincher movie. It looks like, it, it's like one of the best things ever made. And he was like, like the trailer is one of the best things ever made or the movie looks like it's going to be one of the best films ever made. And I said, I think both. Yeah, I went into this with unrealistically high expectations of my man's just going to make one of the 10 greatest films of all time. A lot of us did have really big expectations. And this wasn't a festival movie. So like we were just seeing it. Yeah, I love a long movie title like that. Totally. You know, that's kind of exciting and like, intriguing. <laughs> the film's called Benjamin Button. <laughs> right. I'm going to bed. Right. I told you about the curious case. And, this case is a curious And you're one. like, how curious? Like, how what are curious? we talking about here? Yeah. Like, George? Right. Like, yeah. is there is there a man with a big yellow hat? Like, what are we doing? But I saw it. I was slightly disappointed, but I don't think I dismissed it the same way you did. Where I, I was like, like... I thought it was terrible. But yes. I was definitely kind of like, oh, that was a little bit of a slog. Yeah. Technically so impressive. I think know? I was... I had been in New York for two years. I was... You know where I was working? Where? Gawker.com. Hey, a perfect As website. a staff writer, I, yes. that was my first full year. Mm-hmm. And so I was not in that kind of headspace. Mm-hmm. And I was, and because I mean, I I loved, still love Forrest Gump. Like I, I owned the VHS, like whatever. So I, I have a, you I eat mean, chocolates my sentimentalism has reemerged. Sure. But I just knew working for Gawker, I was like, there's no way that I can no. like that movie. No. You know, and so maybe I went in. Even though that trailer feeling was good. snarky, feeling yeah. snarky, yeah. Um, and then I just kind of forgot about it until I rewatched it for this podcast. No, I remember uh, uh, seeing it, thinking it was good, defending it, feeling like I get what he's trying to do here. I understand why people are going to dislike this. I can't deny I feel a little disappointed by it, mm-hmm. but I respect it. And then I felt like it kind of got a bad rap, but it was also like. I don't really feel amount of enthusiasm to want to defend it. And it partly got a bad rap because it did well and got Oscar. Totally. It's like, so people are like, you know, had very lofty feelings. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, 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 it, it, maybe three or four years ago, I feel like I said it on this podcast, but I was like, I, I rewatched some of Benjamin Button. I think I kind of get it now, mm-hmm. like in a be- in a deeper way. And I've been like metastasizing this Benjamin Button take for a while now. Um, that is... I mean, we, we, we can unpack Maybe it at sh- large. Right, we should get into the making of the movie a little but bit. But I think but... it's almost like a pointedly an anti-Gump. Yes, well, it, is, it is saying Gump. here's yes. what it actually is to sort of tumble through time. Right. Be- right. You know, and Gump addresses death, but this is like, no, th- everything about being alive, unfortunately, is about death. It's not just this kind of like picaresque where you just kind yes. of like go through eras of whatever. It's like, no, we-, we have a horrible World War II scene. And look, the scene in Gump that's the Vietnam scene is like there's death in that. But like, yeah, I feel like he's like, no, here's what's here's the darkness behind the sort of Gump Americana. I think the fundamental thing that's frustrating about this movie to watch for a lot of people is that the character is so passive. He is such a wallflower. The opposite of Gump, where it's like, here's this ordinary man who's just like driven by the beat of his own drum and he marches through life and he positively impacts everything he touches. Every important moment is changed because of him. And Benjamin Button's a character where like, if you remove him from the movie, there aren't a ton of events that change radically. He's floating through life like most of us are. He witnesses you know? stuff. He touches yeah. people. His impact is the emotional connections he makes with people briefly in passing. Yeah. Yeah. But those people's lives are not like changed by course of action 
by meeting him by and large, right? Outside right. of his daughter being born. Yeah. And yeah, I think he that's he abandons his daughter, which I, is the cruelest yes. thing he does. And yeah. I think that's the other part of it, which is like um everything that seems unfinchery about this movie being kind of like sappy, it being sort of fantastical, you know, having this sort of like storybook quality that feels so against his like absolute detail-oriented realism, cynicism, whatever, is like, it's the framing device. It is, here we are in the middle of Katrina, right? Here's Julia Ormond giving a very, very good performance. Yeah. A kind of key performance. She's awesome. And a big, so a big movie for her to have been in at that point in her career. Totally. And yeah. Obviously, she is literally Brad Pitt's uh, love interest in Legends of the Fall, so yes. it's kind of funny to yeah. have her play his Well, and there's daughter. a lot of, like, Pitt career carrying people bringing them back in this movie i mean he and blanchett were supposed to do the fountain together so this is sort of the realization of them spending years trying to find a movie to do together jared harris used to be his captain fincher says he cast jared harris specifically because of his like one moment in oceans 12 oh wow yes wasn't lost in space that he like loved him in that no well, he thought that was a documentary. No, that's <laughs> Not why. To make that's why. That's choke. why Fincher cast Matt LeBlanc. Yes. Uh, yes. Right. Right. And then Matt LeBlanc showed up, and Fincher was like, "You have the armor, yeah. right?" Yeah. yeah. You know, like, Lacey Chabert plays the hummingbird in this movie, right? Yeah, and of course, and Blarp was the first AD. <laughs> yeah. Um, Pitt Pit recommended Tilda, although I think because of post production, this must have been shot before Burn After Reading, even though that came out first. Okay. Do they you think if you're Tilda, the same like, year, right? did they have yeah. to sit Tilda down and be like, okay, so you are going to be referred to as, as plain as paper, looks-wise. Yeah, are you okay Forky was like, yeah. what? <laughs> like, yeah. If there's anything like, that Tilda they, Swinton They do their not, best to make yeah. her seem dowdy, yeah. like yeah. sort of in personality yeah. or whatever. But yeah, she's a very striking-looking woman. I'm yeah. the first to say this. About and Tilda I had Swinton. completely forgotten she was in the movie. Oh, really? Oh, that's yeah. the part oh, I was looking forward to. Speaking of forgetting things, I have to preface this this episode by saying in a fit of uh, in a really uh, misguided fit of peak i decided after watching benjamin button that i needed to rewatch for the hundredth time brad pitt's other somewhat misbegotten epic about death meet joe black mm. so if at any point i say something and you're like richard no that uh -huh. happens in meet joe black meet just joe. i apologize okay, okay. Yeah. um Thank you. Uh, Mitchell Black, a, a film I am committed to someday covering. On One of the podcast. craziest yeah, performances. We're, yeah. well, we're, we'll yeah. definitely going to cover yeah. it. We'll get there. Uh, can I do it? Can I, I'm calling it now. Yeah, Sorry. Fine. yeah, yeah. done. You're yeah. in. Yeah. Shot called. Um, the, the Julia Ormond deathbed Blanchett superstructure of yes. this movie. Yeah happening during Katrina. Read that here diary over there. Is is the one section of the movie that is in like kind of the trademark finchery style. It has no heightened storybook quality. It feels very emotionally sparse, right? And stripped washed, down. Washed out. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I think Ormond in the silences speaks very well this sort of history of their relationship, right? A mother who perhaps was always a little bit at arm's length, was not cruel, was not, you know, uh, uh, cold necessarily, but was a little bit unknowable. Yeah, yeah. And it's that feeling that, like, uh, it was know. a later in life pregnancy. She probably is, was not like dying to be a mother. I have not lost a parent, but I've lost people in my life. Life, and there is that thing of just like, either you lose someone unexpectedly, and you're immediately overcome with the things you never got to talk about, the things you never got to know, or you're in this sort of position where someone's leaving you, and you're trying to squeeze out everything you can. You're trying to get some sense of resolution or some sense of understanding at the very least, right? Mm. And this movie is about, like, from that prism, 
her trying to understand the life of a mother that has never really made sense to her. And beyond that now, the introduction of a father character she never even knew. Mm -hmm. And it all has this heightened quality because it's like, it's not a memory play. It's like her reading her mother's diaries and trying to project. No, her, her father's diary. Oh, not yes, her, I'm sorry. Her father's yeah. diaries at her mother's behest, trying to project an understanding of what these things must have looked like. And I feel like when I hear stories about my children, uh, my parents as children, their childhood, and especially when I was a child, I almost picture them as like Muppet Baby versions of themselves, mm -hmm. where it's hard to think of them as an actual child. I think of them as just an adult with a bigger head and a tinier body. Right. You know, and I'm not saying right. this movie is arguing that this is not a, an actual truth, but you could argue that it is like kind of a, a fanciful, not to get all Hassan Minaj, uh, emotional truth. Right. Oh, dear. Yeah. But it's like her Benjamin trying, Button does get anthraxed at one point in this movie. Her right? trying to learn <laughs> Jesus. the story. You know, Griffin story. didn't actually grow up in New York City. I didn't. But the, he emotionally. Did. And like the, uh, the, the yes. real Benjamin Button was played by Steve Randazzisi. Correct. <laughs> that man. What's he up to? He told one lie. It was never part of his act. <laughs> one eatsy white lie. He showed a lot of contrition. <laughs> he backed off. That's all I'm, I'm saying. I, I can't Look. believe how much better I think he looks now in his handling of that entire situation. The he he did tell just the the one line I mean that we know of obviously just the one uh -huh. but he did tell it a lot in a way that was a little freaky. I agree. I mean, yeah. it was long. It was a long story. It was long. I, I, another long story is the curious case of Benjamin Button. That's true. But my point is, I it feels like this is sort of like theater of the mind. Her trying to wrap her head around lives that she's learning about at the last second, just before it's all washed away. Quite yes, literally, yes. Yeah. And this, it, I, I, I'm going to paraphrase this thing. I forget. I heard someone say recently, but this thing of like, uh, it is weird how quickly memories become fiction. Yeah. Because at a certain yeah. point, what mm -hmm. you actually live through and experience it starts to become the version of it that you tell in yeah. your Your brain head. changes things that you right. don't even realize. And you, then when other you, people tell you story, their things, right. I swear to God, this happened. This is my memory. It was exactly like this. You're then now filling in, in your mind's eye, the version of what they're telling you was reality. That's already a story that they tell themselves. And this sort of like structure of the movie is like, that's the real film is Julia Orman at Cape Blanchett. And this is her trying to make sense of two lives that she didn't really know in her last glimpses, happening the backdrop of Hurricane Katrina, because m much like her mother's death and that entire life that remains something of a mystery to her, this whole city is about to be washed away. Yeah. This clock's going to get drowned, mm -hmm. you know? Like, all of this eventually just sort of like goes off. Right, and it's like, it's both not incredibly important and deeply sad. Yeah. Benjamin Button was not someone who changed the course of American history, but he had a life, and his life impacted her mother and resulted in her, and they'll both be gone, and then it's just myth. Right, right. And yeah. sometimes the myth is something insane, like a man who was a baby, was born an old man, turned into a young teenager, whatever. Right. But like, also, like, my, anything becomes distorted to that level of myth. My dad, who's an older gentleman, uh, will tell us, uh, you know, in a life well— He was 49 when I was born, so he had a whole life. But sure. He was 45 when he married my mom. So, like, whole life before then. He, he was one of the first professors at uh, UC Irvine, and he used to, like, drink martinis and smoke a pipe. And I'm like, there is no way that's actually real because right. it sounds like a myth. And it's like, no, because it's just so far in the past. Right. That, like, it's just like, was there really a baby that was born old? Like, I don't thing. know. When you, you know? try to picture that version of your dad in your head, does it's it feel like, any more absurd than the version of Benjamin Batten in the bathtub no, covered in wrinkles? It's no. a story. Like, you're right. right. Like, yeah. if I try to picture right, stories from the past yeah. about my immediate family or whatever. Yeah. 
Right. I'm imagining a movie version of their lives. Yes. Right? Obviously. Yeah. I can't, you know, I can't go see it myself. No, you can't. I watched Griffin. I I accept your point. I can't. I watched this movie with the commentary, and there's the opening little kind of um a prologue to the story within yeah, the story Mr. of Cake. Elias Codius and and mm-hmm. Mr. Cake in the clock. And he said that they screened it for audiences and they were just like, I don't understand what this has to do with the movie. Is right. this going to pay off in some larger way? They didn't like that being seated and then two hours and 45 minutes later being paid off in a way that's more thematic, that isn't like right. super plot oriented or whatever, right? right. Um, and he said the, the shift was late in post-production. We added all the filters of the film grain and the pops and the crackles and the distortion and yeah, whatever. Which looks so good. And once we did that, everyone was into it. Right. Because it was sort of like, well, this isn't real. This is a story you're being told. Right. This is old. We're using yeah. the language it's of old film fable, and whatever. Yeah. And it's like important to do that tone setting of like, well, here's basically the diary starting out with a fable that he heard, that he's just taking on word. That feels right. as abstracted to him That's as a, everything yeah. she's about to read about him recounting by by his own word, his real life. And what would it be to go backwards? But, if, but of course, he's not actually—I mean, he's living backwards in some ways, but he is moving towards death, same as everybody else. I think, right. Right. I think there's maybe points in this movie where but characters he, who see him after a long time and they're like, oh my God, you're so young, don't think like—but you like—they think that he might just kind of— look that way forever or something they right. don't imagine that there's an end to it and the fact that but- button dies before daisy yes is, well, in, also, is interesting in but that also regard. the fact that he's, he's like, not reversing I know time in real the end because yeah. right. i was alive for that part in right. a weird way look s scott fitzgerald I'm, I'm cracking the dossier well heard of this guy yeah 1922 love to pull the cord <laughs> The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Uh, now you've cracked the voice. That is what he sounded like. Uh, it's, uh, you know, published in college. That was Trumbo, actually. <laughs> yeah, how wet the were the keys on his typewriter? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you gotta, yeah, how wet's the script? That's Slow always slash. the question. Um, Fitzgerald said the story was inspired by a remark of Mark Twain's. Mm. The effect that it was a pity the best part of life came at the beginning and the worst part at the end. Youth is wasted on the young, etc. Yes, exactly. Uh, and so... He um he submits uh this story. Uh, an anonymous admirer says to him, "I read this story, and I wish to say that as a short story writer, you would make a good lunatic. I have seen many pieces of cheese in my life, but all the pieces of cheese I have ever seen, you are the biggest piece. I hate to waste a piece of stationery on you, but I will." And then that's Zelda- what at replies were like back then. <laughs> and then Zelda said, "Lunatic, don't mind if I do." Wow! Wait, so where, him. where was this in his career? This uh, is. Well, that's a great question, and I will, of course, answer it by mm-hmm. Googling F. Scott Fitzgerald's <laughs> date do. of birth. Uh, he yeah. would only have been, like, like not even 30. Like, I mean, he, but then again, he died when he was 44, right. so it's not... But um, any of his... It's after The Sight of form? Paradise, which oh. is his debut, debut novel, uh, which is a wonderful book, yeah. yes. Uh, and it's the same year as The Beautiful and Damned, which is his difficult second album, okay. you know, and then Gatsby... Is 1925. But this is pre-Gatsby. It's pre-Gatsby. Okay. So he was how old when Gatsby was written? He was like, you know, 30. Want to feel old? I have to go home. (laughs) That's depressing. For Uh, me, not for him. Well, I mean, he had some depressing shit happen to him, too. Such as he drank, like, a quart of whiskey every fucking hour (laughs) (laughs) until he melted. That's only depressing after a certain point. For a while, it's pretty fun. Sounds like a lot of fun, actually. Yeah. 
60 years later, mm-hmm. uh, Ray Stark, a producer, brings uh, this story to Universal, and uh, in 1988 is the fabled right. uh, Frank Oz Martin okay. short project. So that's probably right before Clifford, because yeah. Clifford is Clifford with, made in 1990, I think. I think Clifford Films in 89 comes yeah. out in 94. So maybe when Benjamin Button fell apart, Short was like, but I Clifford yes. do something like, like yes. that. It kind of feels yeah. possible yes. that, yeah. that Short was like, I gotta do something where I'm a, I'm a you know young person the body of an old person or whatever, you know. <laughs> um, Universal Chairman Casey Silver. So we have F. Scott Fitzgerald to his thank for mind. Clifford. Yes. yes. Yeah. I'm just glad that Clifford is coming up. Like if in F. Scott Fitzgerald, yeah. if he walked back into our lives, you know, Scott Fitzgerald, yeah. do you think we'd be like, we're going to fire up a movie for you, actually? <laughs> and and Zelda's like, I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> Tear in his eyes is what I've always imagined. Uh, this is where this art form was headed. I always dreamed to write something this good. I've always just wanted to say Mason. I, well, he wants to say Mason. <laughs> he really does. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, Casey Silver uh, uh-huh. has a next-door neighbor by the name of Robin Swicord, mm. mm. uh, a lady who wrote the 90s Little Women. Yes. She wrote Matilda. She wrote um, a pure masterpiece with lightning uh, called uh, Practical Magic. Your favorite movie of <laughs> all time. The day she wrote that, the roof blew off her house from quality. <laughs> um, also, the Kazan's mom. Yes. Uh, yes. Right, yes. right, right. She is. She's part of the... Right, exactly. Right. Um and uh, she gives that one to Amblin, that script that she writes, mm-hmm. and Spielberg wants to make it. With Tom Cruise. Uh, yeah, correct. Would right. Kathleen been... Kennedy and Frank Marshall come aboard as producers. Cruise would have been particularly Well, they wouldn't bad have had to digitally shrink him at all, which is nice. <laughs> but the still yeah, budget. Yeah, baby size as it is. Yeah. Uh, no, the, it's that thing of, like, Minor Report in 2002 was, like, the culmination of 10 years. Right, they've been circling. Of them circling being, like, it has to be the right thing. Um. Uh, uh, Spielberg decides instead to do some like bullshit two for Jurassic Park and Schindler's List or whatever those are. <laughs> he was gonna make one <laughs> Benjamin Button instead. <laughs> he does Jurassic and Schindler. Uh, Kennedy Marshall then yes. founds their production company. They take this over to Paramount, mm-hmm. and that is when Fincher, who has not even made Alien Three yet, is shown this script. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he but had... the Swicord script originally, correct? Is what he shown. Yeah, uh, he he liked it, but he said it was a beautiful script, but it hinged on the audience's affinity for and for and knowledge of jazz, because this is part of Fitzgerald's like tales of the jazz age, right. and I imagine this original script might have been more indebted to the Fitzgerald story. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. this is in a collection called Tales, tales of, of the Jazz Age. Yeah. Okay. Now it's often just printed with Benjamin Button on the right. cover and Brad Pitt's there and his dick is out and you're like, Jesus. So like, so like jazz, it's, Benjamin Button's about the ages you don't look like. Right. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It's about the ages you don't live through. <laughs> right. Um, so then it's like uh, they're shopping this around and they are like, fuck, the real problem we have here is you would need to cast five actors. Yeah. Because you're going to need to do this, you know, you can't do this with visual well, effects. The Martin Short version of it makes sense. The second they push it towards drama, right? it requires some sort of, at least... And if you cast that many actors, you're losing all the impact. Totally. And and yeah. you can't bill it as a movie star movie. Right. You know, it's right. like you can't like, ensemble, get a talent yeah. in the same yeah. way. Uh, Agnieszka Holland, mm-hmm. uh, who did The Secret Garden, signs on pretty much after that. And she uh, just had a big hit in the festivals. She did. Yeah. I'm excited to see yeah. it. Uh, what's it called? Like, green, green Border. Border. Yeah. It is well. Sequel to Green Zone. Most of the directors and writers who are flirting with it at this point in time are people who worked on a lot of like August, 
Yes. Children's literature adaptations. Yes. Yeah. You Thing, know, things like, where the sun is streaming through the trees. Sure. Yes. I'm, I'm surprised Quran was involved yes, after totally. Princess. Yeah, it makes yeah. perfect sense. Obviously, Ron Howard uh, steps in, but uh-huh. uh, John Travolta steps in with him. I can only imagine how subtle that performance would have been. <laughs> well, it would, Benjamin Button would have smoked cigarettes the entire time. <laughs> Uh, and they wouldn't have needed wigs in the beginning. He was going to play him like Edna Turnblad. And right? I think by the late 90s, and you do hear this sometimes, <laughs> Jesus Marshall and Kennedy are like, you know what? This is just one of those scripts yeah. that's really good on the page and it will never get made. Unmakeable. Like, it's just, that's just what it is. Yeah. Then Spike Jones comes aboard, mm-hmm. gets Jim Taylor. Uh, uh, Val James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, to rewrite the script. Charlie Kaufman supposedly rewrote the script yeah. at one point. They mm-hmm. turned it into more of a comedy, uh-huh. something quirky. Yes. Uh, who knows what that movie is. They and never had an actor never. attached. Right, yeah. Never. And they just, I guess they just took some sh- shots at a script about a guy going backwards. And right? is this in in the time between being John Malkovich it's and Aptation? straight off of Malkovich. Okay. And it kind of makes sense that it's yeah. like after Malkovich, they're, to, they're Jones like, what do you want? Like, so there here were, are our hottest. Well, Being like, John Malkovich was another one of those right. five no years. No one can crack this. This can't be done. Right. Does, you want to crack something else? Did uh, Kaufman write an actual script for this, or he just kind of like look at it? Rewrote this script, okay. but there's not much right. about like whatever that right. was. Eric Roth is the first person post Swigert to do like a full page one. Right. Go back to the adaptation. Start over. Right, everyone else right. is building on this white card draft. He gets brought in to rewrite. Jones exits at that point. Yeah, those who are not like a natural fit, no. I would say no. But Eric Roth is really hot stuff still. I mean, he yeah. remains hot stuff. He's an, he is a great screenwriter in my opinion, even though Gump is not really what. I, but like he is like no. he's a an A list pro yes, writer, total like, pro. Yes. Um, even though he's written some boring ass shit, probably one of the highest paid. Yeah, yeah. Him, like Steve Zalian, like you know, right. people like mm-hmm. that. Cap, yeah. David Cap. It's that yeah. tier of the '90s guys who just yeah. yeah. Um, Richard Lagravenez. Uh, by the time, <laughs> by the time he's done with it, the movie has no resemblance to Benjamin Button apart from it's called Benjamin Button. Sure, it's gotten and so it's about far. About a backwards man. Right. He calls the love interest Daisy as a tribute to the Great Gatsby. Uh-huh. Uh There's some sort of nanny in the short story apparently who Queenie sort of like vaguely resembles, yeah. right? But not a huge part. Uh, and uh, the mother apparently is in the story, obviously not in this. And in the story, like, he is raised by his father. Yes. Mr. Button. Yes. Yes. Whereas, obviously, you know. Uh, Roth had his mom died, uh, get diagnosed with cancer while mm-hmm. he was writing the script. His dad died a couple years after that. He's still working on the script. He says this movie is all about that shit. Like, yeah. About these like tragedies, you know, ordinary tragedies that like you go through in life. You know, trying to make sense of these things in retrospect. Yeah, and I think that's the other thing. It it makes sense. It took this long to get made because you're just like, wow, what a concept! I could Uh, just imagine the movie that could be made off of that. And then you're like, what is the dramatic crux of this story? It is fascinating that this man was born this way and lives this way. But what's the story? And then you go like, well, Forrest Gump. Similarly, on paper, the guy just moves forward in time. If anyone's going to be able to crack this, have the Gump guy crack it. And what they were lucky to find is that the Gump guy, rather than just, like, repeating himself, was going through, was in the midst of working through some shit and poured all of that directly into it. Um, 100%. Uh, that line where Kate Blanchett, old lady Kate Blanchett, mm-hmm. says, I'm curious, mm-hmm. rather than I'm afraid. He says that's something his mother said when she was in the hospital. Mm. Uh, Joan Didion's book, The Year of Magical Thinking, uh, he, she says, which is about her husband dying. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you have to go to this land of grief whether you want to or not and go experience grief. He's like, that's what I'm thinking about here. This is all in for I feel like this is all yeah. like backing up Griff's case. Totally. Like you're the prosecutor right now sitting like mm-hmm. with a big smile on your face. It's interesting to think about the movie in that context because you were saying, Griffin, about how like he's such a cipher. Like the, this lead title character of this yeah. movie is kind of a blank. So it's really not a movie about him. It's a movie about everyone around him. Totally. Right? Like, And that's yes. fascinating. That's what's fascinating is that he is... He's in so much more of the film than everyone else. Right. Right? Right. Like, it's not even like, well, Blanchett's right there by his side the whole film, so you can argue that she's actually the protagonist. Right. She's missing for long swaths of the movie. Yeah. She does not appear as, like— And she is played by younger actors. Like, she's, you know— Yeah. yeah. Although, you know, she dubbed all the younger actresses over. Right. Um, But, yes, you see her caked under pounds of makeup— then it's younger actresses with her voice. It takes over an hour until she enters as kind of like... Pretty, it's an hour. Classic it's, I, 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 I checked the yeah. time code. Yeah, it's an hour flat. to, you know, 19 or whatever, but still like her well, looking... Kate Blanchett is Elle Fanning to this day. Right? That's a yes. role she's That's doing. True. Yes, and yes. she's good at it. <laughs> she's great. Um, but, yeah, but yes, yes, it is odd that like... I, I think in a certain way you need to view this movie through Julia Ormond as it is her yeah. interpretation of the story. But she's not in a ton of the film. No. He but is the guy. It's about people beholding him and being like, yes. I, I think the most crucial scene in the movie, in, for me as someone who just turned 40 and is dealing with a lot of like pretty maudlin, like is that all there is, mm-hmm. you know, middle-aged stuff, um, is her in the swimming pool saying like I hate I I don't I hate getting older yeah. and it's so much about her like beholding him and it's like here's a guy who is living what we would all dream of what if after all of the experience of adolescence I looked so much better in, in my forties than I did then you know or whatever yeah. it is and it's like but it's not enough you know and they no. kind of learn that through him oh he's so lonely whatever yeah it's not really about Benjamin Button's trajectory no at all no. It's and about like, and then and then it but, ends with her taking care of him. She's in the last. She's in you know the last fifteen minutes of the movie, and he's yeah. gone. Oh, he I mean, is he's gone. There as a baby. He baby. Can we talk about the lot? Oh, where you uh, done? To, sorry. Fincher yeah. says it shows the fallacy in the idea that youth is wasted on the young. Yeah. Right. Like that, that to, to reaffirm yeah. your point. Yeah. Like you know what I mean. Like, well, and what you said, Richard, of like, if only I I knew what I know now, then when I sure. was in that body or whatever. That, it's yeah, like it's, when the, he we're Rod Stewart or whatever. Right. He's an idiot. Yeah. His right. dumbest decisions happen when he's at his physical peak. The thing where right. people say, like, man, if I could be 80 in the body of myself at 20. Right. What would really be? Right. Yeah. He's like a selfish asshole. So not to direct the conversation, but, like, I think that one of the elephants in the room, why why this movie gets made fun of and became mm-hmm. a meme and a joke is, I'm curious what you guys think. Does the logic of this actually work? No. Obviously, it doesn't, right? But is that detrimental to it? What do you mean by the logic? Like, like obviously, because the question is, okay, he's born a tiny old man. Why doesn't he die a giant baby? Right. Look, here's the answer. <laughs> right. That would That's be the big question. But, <laughs> right. with, but baked within that is like— Obviously, I wish they had gone full-spirited away. Like, like that would be great. Like, yes. his his body gets younger. Jack, Jack. <laughs> I don't know. I just Pulling up the room. Just imagine, like, walking yeah. down the street. Yeah. Like, like the Stay Puff Marshmallow guy. <laughs> That's, yeah. that the final scene of this movie. To be Benjamin Button stomping across right. Central Not Park. only is he getting younger, she's getting a lot. Julia Ormond looks out the window and he's just, like, lumbering toward her. Oh, yeah. stop, Katrina. Yeah. yeah. No, He I actually mean, broke the levees, unfortunately. Yeah. He has to become Richard. a baby. Obviously, yes. because that's the only way we can handle this. Right. We can handle an old man baby at the beginning because babies right. already look a little bit like old people. But that, but that's sort of the weird logic thing, as you said, is like, 
they they make this choice to not have him be the old man with a long beard being like, when do I get to leave this place? Right? Right. They make the choice to have him be a wrinkly baby. Right. Which at that point, everyone's like, I haven't seen a baby that looks like this, but it could be like progeria. It could be. Yes. There yes. are conditions that exist in the world. Right. You also, right, exactly. Like he would have been seen as freakish in some way right. maybe, but it's not just like, oh my God. There are like, analogs put him in, a lab. In, in real science of right. just, uh, you know, uh, uh, ailments, conditions, diseases, that make people uh, age rapidly, or at least the, the illusion of it, right? Right. You're like, what's weird is that he, like, gets younger and hotter. And then you get to that point where you're like, and then what happened? Does he, like, turn into sperm? Like, is he... Right. Th the... Where does we, life begin? Uh, Actually, Griffin, very, I, want, I want you to answer that political question. Where they very question? wisely yeah. do not answer that question. But, but even the giant baby thing, right? Yeah. Like, if you were actually treating this as hard science, right? What should happen is whenever he's at his, like, physical tallest, right? Mm -hmm. At that point, his brain should start, like going down right but in the adult body right it doesn't make sense that he would start shrinking in that same way i know that like old people get smaller yeah but not they don't become right and like i think the thing is they, they add the dementia thing is like oh it's like it's like a baby yes but right. like are old people with dementia really t playing with blocks like you know like like benjamin yeah. is maybe i don't know I, they, but i like, think they just but, skip through this yeah, i also think that's yeah. the other thing he's getting yeah. at is it's like those are the two most similar right. states exactly. are when you're at your absolute oldest and your absolute youngest yeah yeah. Uh, for me, the one that really got it, watching it this time that really stuck in my head was when he's probably physically in his uh, 60s, 70s, uh -huh. but like an adolescent in in mind right. is when he goes to the brothel yes. and the woman's like whoa yeah. like you really wore me out. It's like no, but he's still physically old. Right. Yes. I know he might be at a I just don't know where the physiognomy. Like, I just don't know how that all works, and maybe it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You have to accept. That's but I think a, back yes. in the day, people were made fun of it because uh, because of the giant baby question. Mangiani had the routine Benjamin that was like, right. "Old man turned into baby." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what if Brad Pitt, old man, baby? Like, I'm just like, what? Yes, I'm gonna make fun of this. Kumail yeah. had the yeah. routine of like, "What do you mean you've never been to a doctor? <laughs> <laughs> people right. need to study you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, re, re the visual effects. Are you guys aware of this commercial? The Orville Redenbacher commercial. Yes. Yep. Was this a Super Bowl commercial? I think it might have been. It was 2007. I think it was early 07. I remember it was either it was it would have been the Oscars or the Super Bowl or some event like that that I was watching with my family. I think even in a party setting with like other family and friends. There, I think there's maybe one other one where he's like at a table or yes. something. This was that done by Digital Domain yes. as proof of concept for right. this movie. That commercial comes oh, up. Okay, I see. This is where I remember reading this article that was in the New York Times. And it looks in perfect. I, I, yes. I think the first of these aired in 06. It said 07, but okay. I mean, I don't, you know. Don't, there was a, like a full know. campaign, but sure. um, I'm at some uh, family friends sitting around watching TV. That ad comes up. Everyone goes like, oh. Like it was similar to that feeling of that like uneasy ad where um, uh, they made uh, Christopher Reeves walk again in the 90s. Do you remember that ad? Oh, geez, that's That played ghoulish. during the Oscars, and it was about, like, medical advancements, and it just felt a little ghoulish. Yeah. Or the, like... like Fred Astaire for Fred the vacuum Fred Astaire dancing for the vacuum. It, yeah. it was in that mode where it's like, what are they doing here? Yeah. And I was so perplexed by it, and then I think I read on Slash Film or whatever a week later, like, you want to hear something weird? 
David Fincher directed that commercial. Right. And everyone's right. like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and then it came out of like, yes, he has used this commercial, this bizarre thing of like, why, I know Orville Redenbacher was the spokesperson. He was a, a likable on-camera personality during the heyday, but no one was like, gotta bring him back. No. The brand's been dying without him as the spokesperson. Why are you investing this much money and this much tech into it? And right. the answer was, he was like, I'm basically yeah. stealing money from Orville Redbacher to figure out whether this <laughs> film is makeable or not. Which is interesting because obviously in Panic Room, Fincher's doing, and, and Fight Club, all yeah. those kind of camera digital, like we're going to go inside the wires or whatever. But I don't think of him as like a Zemeckis. No. Well, like he's not. But this fair. was his kind of zemeckis going back to the Forrest Gump thing, yes. his like big Zemeckis project. Um, it, it's obviously, I, I think there are people who literally think Robert Zemeckis made this movie. Yes. Like, you know, like they yeah. ha and have to be told. Right. They have to be sat it's down and David told Fincher. David Fincher. And they must be told. Right. Zemeckis did make Mank, though, right? Yes, he yeah. did. Yeah. Okay. Right. I mean, the guy. He went <laughs> yeah. back in time and this yeah. is his grandpa. <laughs> <Well>, Mank's mom. <laughs> mom He's Mank. got a DeLorean. Yeah. <laughs> First order of Look, business. I, I just, go fuck Mrs. May. We just have to establish for anyone listening. Yes, Robert Zemeckis went back in time. Yes. He had sex with Mank's mom. This is hard science. It's fact. <laughs> this is in the congressional record. He Look was going to be up. called Zank, but then they said that's kind of ugly. Um, oh, my goodness. No, I, you, you are right, but that's. Part of it, uh, a friend of the podcast, Drew McWeeny, was saying to us, like, he remembers the scuttlebutt at this point in time. That this is one of those great unmade scripts. And even when the Roth draft came in, which Gary Ross almost did. But Gary Ross was at some point under consideration for this yeah. job, which makes sense. He, it's got pleasant Billy vibes. Like, totally. it's, you know, I, it makes sense. But even at this point, we're like computer graphics have advanced they were like i don't know if you can pull this off you know right. it's cutting edge shit. post Gollum was the first time where they were suddenly like all these scripts that we used to think were unmakeable maybe the tech is there and even still people were like uneasy about it because it's like it's the main character it's the whole movie he's got to go through 20 different states all this sort of shit and uh and and the scuttlebutt was like fincher might have finally cracked this but i do think in that way that's more often the like the Zemeckis, Peter Jackson, yeah. what becomes of Ang Lee trap of like, I need to make this movie to pioneer the technology to hand off to a generation of filmmakers yeah. is not usually how Fincher worked. I don't think he has that sort of like um, Promethean vision of his career. No. Like, yeah. No. And he, he's a big nerd. He is. Yeah. And I've heard tell of him like emailing other filmmakers with like, hey, I got a new camera. Like, if yeah. you want to fuck around with it, like, come over. Like, that kind of shit. Yeah, he's also, look, he talks a lot about how, like... My mom said you could come over. <laughs> just sort of like... pizza. The, the rise of, like, 90s, early 2000s auteurs. Yeah. He's like, I think that really comes out of how robust the music video industry was for so long, where there was stupid amount of money going around for filmmakers to cut their teeth on in a way that was more creative and longer form than commercials and and with a little more freedom. But you got to experiment with all this different technology where like current day filmmakers will talk about that when Todd Field isn't making a movie for 15 years and he's directing car commercials. He's like, I go into it saying, this is my excuse to try out this this camera, camera this lens, this fucking, yeah, mm -hmm. totally. Right. Maybe this right. isn't creative expression, but I'm like building muscles on something. Right. Whereas music videos, it also was creative expression. And so these guys, some of them were all style over substance, but they all were able to hit the ground running somewhat when they started making movies. And Fincher smartly in this situation goes like, I need to find a commercial I can use 
to cut my teeth for this film in the same right. way. Now, did he also direct that Six Flags commercial yes, with the old man Well, dancing? Benjamin Button's in that, yes. of course. That's yeah. him. Oh, okay. The real bus is coming. Because Benjamin Button is based on the real car- <laughs> the real Buzz Lightyear, or Benjamin Button. And that and that's who's in the Six Flags. Right, that's the real guy. Brad Pitt wow. is playing the real guy. He would catch the Venga bus yeah. home every day down Bourbon Street. Yeah, uh, Ben, ask me how many flags there were. <laughs> A streetcar next called Venga. Uh, Griffin, ben, how many flags were there? Uh, six, but they look a lot bolder. <laughs> oh, I've been to Six Flags. Those flags don't look too bold. They're pretty bold. <laughs> I don't think anyone's cleaned them in a while. They're bold flags. <laughs> look. Uh, obviously, this film shot in New Orleans right yeah. after Katrina. They thought that Katrina would ruin their chances of yeah. making it in New Orleans. Instead, New Orleans was like, please come. Yeah. Like, we want people Ushering here. in a real era. Of yes. Right. Yeah. It's yes. one of several things that Brad Pitt remains in litigation over, deep litigation. But he was one of the stars who, in the wake of Katrina, was like, we need to do what we can to revitalize this place. And so it was his big push, I believe, to be like, I want to set it there and I want to film there. Actually film there. It was originally going to be set in Baltimore. Right. Uh, but then David Simon was like, stay off my turf. Yes. Uh, no. Uh, Eric Roth, uh, Fincher, read the similarities to Eric Roth. Mm-hmm. Instead of an ordinary man in extraordinary circumstances, I thought of Benjamin as an extraordinary man in ordinary circumstances. Yeah. Just to sort of reinforce what mm-hmm. you guys were saying. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's like, the movie's experiential. There's no backstory. Yeah. Like, it's it's mundane, you know, there's, there's kisses, hangovers, like you get dumped and all that stuff. But like the the only thing that's crazy really is that he's he backwards man. Wait, the the part of <laughs> right. Fincher that's obsessed with process and how things are done and depicting the actual process on camera rather than doing the movie version of it comes right. through and being like the process of this man's life is all the shit that happens. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all these little chance encounters and periods he goes through and all of that. And it puts as much weight in some ways on a a ship crashing into a U-boat in the middle of the sea as right. it does these happy years we spent sleeping on a mattress in a, an apartment in New Orleans. It's all of it. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Pitt's other huge thing is I want to play as much of this person as I can. Yeah. Like, do right. not hand it off to other people. How much is it? Is him as... The old man, like, yeah, like right, it's, like it's his it's, face. It's body doubles, and until is he going he like is... this, or and they're kind of shrinking him, or is that like they, they had they had multiple face. body doubles, right? And then it was a lot of him sitting in a chair, surrounded by a hundred cameras, right. his face painted totally green, rather than having the dots going, and he would act it all out because he right. talked about like. He hired different actors at different ages, different body types right. and whatever. And one of the guys who's sort of playing the brothel age Benjamin was an older man who was like in his 70s but had mime training. And he was like – the guy was a really good performer because his background was in miming. His motions were like too exaggerated. He put too much of a point on them. Right. And Pitt's a pretty still actor and especially with the way he was doing it in the volume or whatever – uh, the facial expressions didn't match, so we had to go back and reshoot stuff. So yeah, it, it's it's body doubles that he's then doing his mm-hmm. face because they even say the um, was his first scene, his first time on set with Taraji P Henson is the scene where he comes back home. Uh, sure, and he's an adult, right, right. Because he was never present like he never on right, set. was on set right. for these scenes. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. right. Does Brad, he was off stage uh, going seven years old? Yeah, yeah. And Brad Pitt thinks that's what old men who 
sound like? I mean, we don't even see Benjamin smoking. I no. don't. I, well, actually, why would that make sense though? Because he was Again, born you're, with that voice. You're, you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're looking for logic where there probably. The, I mean, the voice is great. Don't he should start wrong. smoking when he's a like, baby. That's when he should. He should come out with like like the guy should the Mr. Button should look into the crib and yes. this little wrinkled thing is like smoking a little cigarette. Yes, that's what it should be. Um, but yeah, no, I I know another thing Fincher said is that he wanted I think down to him being a child, a, you know, a tween, a kid, yeah. a baby, it's still to be pit right. digitally modified. And he was like, we ran out of budget. I'm yeah. We well, basically the last 12 years were more than we could spend. But even the last time when he walks into the dance studio yeah. and briefly meets his now yeah. somewhat grown daughter. Um, it's interesting that they choose to do that with light yeah. instead of, cause I thought, cause I had forgotten this until I watched it now and was like, oh, I remember being disappointed because I was like, oh, they're going to digitally make him Thelma and Louise Brad. Yeah. River runs through it, Brad. That's going to be so exciting. Yeah. And then it was just like, oh, no, it's the same guy, just a different haircut, and he's kind of in shadow. Right. Maybe uh, that maybe that was a budget thing. It's or, like the age, yeah. but yeah, but yes, it's But maybe if you're a big thing. movie star, you're like, yes. I don't really want to remind people of what I looked like 10 years ago. Totally. I, I am at perfection yes. now. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. It yeah. is like the the movie has to be about this one moment of the two of them in the middle. Yeah. So yeah. you do kind of have to argue that the age he was when he shot this film was his perfect age. Right. Even if he's going to look more angelic as he ages but down another 10, his, 15 I think it's kind of his perfect age. I think it is. Kind of is. I think, I mean, like, or whatever. Also, it's Have you seen like, Meet Joe Black recently? That was pretty good age. Oh, wow. Uh, but like you know, when when it suddenly turns into a fucking luxury watch commercial, and he's like you know riding a yacht around with sunglasses yeah. on, he gets I'm very just stylish. Like, Get yeah. out of here! Yeah. yeah, this is the fucking best. I, I remember Fincher saying that in interviews at the time of like, this is the great magic trick of the movie, as we spend like a hundred million dollars on special effects for the first hour and a half Brad of the Pitt movie. Is the effect, yes. And then the effect is the moment you finally get to pull everything off Put of a him jacket and on just him. have him walk in and go like, holy with shit. a great haircut, or when he goes to see Daisy in the the Parisian hospital, yeah, and he. He's wearing this like kind of caramel colored overcoat, and you're like, Jesus Christ! Like Benjamin yeah. Button has has good style. Uh, he's a he's a cool fucking guy. I mean, I mean, honestly, would you be if you did all that? Like, I think his tugboat look is his best look, though. Yeah, sort of stringy long hair and the flat the the, the cap. Yeah. In the commentary, yeah. uh, Fincher referred to him as looking like Barry Levinson. <laughs> 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 I thought was there really you go. Funny. What he looks like, and when he's born, he kind of looks like Sam. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, okay, wait. I want to. Yeah. I want to yes, say a couple. Sorry, we're back. At Taraji P. Henson. Yeah, amazing. Obviously, um, her first appearance is on in Big Baby Boy, uh, which you've discussed on this podcast. Her right. first screen appearance, but it was Hustle and Flow that puts her on Fincher's radar. She's right. amazing Look, in that movie. Singleton really made a concerted effort to try to single handedly make her a movie star, and he does Baby Boy. Puts her in Hustle and Flow as a producer. Puts her in Four Brothers. It doesn't totally stick, even yeah. though I think. Certain wise people were ahead of the curve on her. This is the movie where she finally, like, lands. You can, you know, ask a bunch of questions about, like, she gave three great performances in John Singleton movies playing very different characters. The second she plays an old housekeeper a, a, mother. A, a kindly mom. Yes, yes. Right. And know. the type of role that Oscars would. Have been paying attention to for a hundred years, basically. Right. Yeah. She is good. She's, She's such a warm, like, wonderful presence. Yes. I mean, him calling his shots on her and Mahershala, and then also you think this is Jared Harris a year before Mad Men. He had uh, done a lot totally. of work up yeah, until I mean, this Jared point. Yeah, Harris, right, is, is a guy, but without a doubt. The year this after this is the next actor. stage of his career that I think levels up. Yeah. Uh, and even Elle Fanning is a pretty early pick. 
Yeah, definitely. He's got like four casting choices in this movie that are like have paid off. Who plays like the old lady in the hospital bed with Julia Ormond? God, kidding. Is she good at that old stuff? She's so. fine. It's the most risible part of the movie in a way just because like it feels like something from a UCB Let sketch. Let me like, tell you a story. Uh, that over there. Do you yeah. mind it's, it's very it, um, home know. for Purim, you know? Yes. <laughs> 100%. I do think it's maybe the most impressive old age makeup it's I've very ever good seen. The makeup is really good. They the makeup also is wisely, astonishing. They wisely keep her basically always prone. She's always yes. lying down. And so like you don't have to deal with her moving around too much. No. To complicate things. But I look at the neck and I'm just like, that's I mean, astonishing. Yeah. But you what like about, waddle. What about the neck, the back? Sorry. Yeah, Horrible. Yeah, yeah, and then two the other, other body yeah, parts yeah, I'm not yeah. going to mention by name. Yep. Um, um, yes. Oh, but yes, Christ. this is the thing that gets Taraji the, the Oscar nomination and finally kind of puts her on, on the path in Hollywood's eyes. Um, Mahershala Ali, uh, credited by his uh, longer Mahershala name. Mahershala Ashabaz. Uh, which I used to when I because I'd already seen him in a few things before this. I'm this was definitely the first I saw him because I remember thinking that guy's good, and then seeing the name the, in the, the end credits I, I, and going, it's, "Holy it's shit!" It's so ridiculous to write to say this, but yes, I, his name being so long was yes. so interesting to me. He actually just done a lot of television. He uh, was on like he'd popped up on Crossing Jordan and CSI and stuff like that. Right? Was he on Forty Four Hundred? Forty Four Hundred. That's the one. Yes, okay, that's right. another. One. He was and, on that for years. And he doesn't uh, shorten his name until like Place Beyond the Pines, like years yes. and years later. Like uh, Mockingjay, he's in that. He's, uh, you know, he's talked about how he, it it was a point of pride for him that that's when fair. people said, "Of course you have to shorten your name," he dug his heels in, and that he ultimately said, "Like I don't need to change my name to Bob Smith." Right. But this might be a little self-destructive. Right. And it is wild that like he he chops the final 25% of his first name off and immediately has the transcendent year where people yeah. are like, who the fuck is this guy? But I mean, look, Fincher puts him from this into House of Cards, which is one of the things that definitely levels him up. You know, this directly leads to his like full anointment. He's so good in this movie. He's I mean, it's, he's, I mean, just, he's yeah, great. He's one of the he it, He's always good. It, it, we talked about it in a different episode recently. I forget why, how uh, absurd it is that he won the Green Book Oscar. But he's also just like undeniably one of the best living actors in my money. Yeah, he is. Even if I'm not always excited by everything he does, he is. Well, the thing about him in Green Book is he's really good in it. He's really fucking know? good in it. So is Vigo. I have no complaints about his performance in that movie. Yeah. It's just a lead performance. It's insane to give him that quickly after. Yeah, yeah and yeah, also yeah. He, he took Sam Elliott's Oscar away. And Richard E. Grant's Oscar. Those are the two. You had yeah. two guys. Two, like, lifelong character actor guys. Flip it yeah. Wait, is it true that you guys are going to retape the Power of the Dog episode with Sam Elliott? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got a lot of thoughts. It's going to be two minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> I have more to say, fellas. <laughs> the fuck is this? And he leaves. I don't want to go. No, we're going to retape it with Vigo in character at, from Green Book. Yeah, you're not going to make it. <laughs> what the fuck is he doing? I don't know what he would say. <laughs> mouthful of pizza. Um, um, but yeah, no, Mahershala, is, he's, he's, uh, he's great in this. And, and like, I don't know. I, I was, the, the commentary was interesting. Fincher talked more about the psychology of these two characters than any other characters in the movie. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because, yeah. like, the first chunk of it, you do see a lot of it through their eyes. Benjamin's so passive. When he's young, he's still understanding the world that they are the characters you're really relating to at the beginning. And he was like, this thing of, like, she has a better position in the house, you know? Yeah. 
that she holds the power, that they are together, but they live separately. Yeah. You know, that there's sort of like this this um, this very kind of modern couple in a lot of ways and that he is disapproving. I mean, there's I forget what his line is, but like he's so freaked out by Benjamin Button as a baby. Yeah. And so wary of her taking him in of like, what's this going to be the next 20 years of your life? Right. What's this kid going to turn and into? Made on, oh, like, made like in a split second. Babies you on the stairs. Burn yeah. yourself with all of them. But yes. she is kind yeah. of like, he could die tomorrow, too. Totally. Like, she does have that. Yeah. And the second she says that, he basically is like, I'm 100% in. Yeah. You know, he tries yeah. to talk her out of it. And I think that, like, a lesser piece of writing, a more obvious piece of writing would have him be the, you know, an early quarter of the movie antagonist. Yes. Like, mama loved me, but this guy was yeah, always kind yeah, of right, whatever. That she has, right. And that's the thing. Like, when yeah. she has a child, you know, when she announces she's yeah. pregnant and you're briefly like, oh, is this going to kind of play a, some yeah. sort of jealousy note? No. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's just sort of a moving on. Like, yeah. It's another signpost for him that it's time to leave the coop a little but bit. But the other yeah. thing Fincher talks about is like a, a lot of Benjamin's passivity as a character, his, him being the sort of observer wallflower. His buttoninity, you know. Right, yes, his deep buttoninity, him being seven but looking a lot older, um, is that like he was well-raised. Yeah. Like, he is, like, a kind yeah. of old-fashioned Southern gentleman yeah. of, like, proper manners, right? Yeah. He is sort of, like, a, a, a polite to the point of absurdity. And he said when he would screen the movie for Paramount, they'd be like, why is, like, Taraji so mean? She's playing all these scenes so mean. And he's like, she's not mean. She's, like, firm in a way that she's a good parent. Not in, like, yeah. a tough love way. Yeah. But she's, like, really trying to teach him the world. And he said it wasn't until the scene where he goes back and sees her again and she's so warm and loving yeah. that they were like, well, why could she have been like this the whole movie? And he's like, yeah, because now she doesn't need to raise him. And no parent is like that all the time. Right. You know, like the, it's, it, that's a reunion. That's a happy reunion. Like, no, that's his point. He was like, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. really crucial that the two of them are great parents yeah. and that the time spent with them in the beginning of the movie sets up how this guy behaves for the rest of the film. And that everything surrounding them, I mean, minus Phyllis Somerville kind of yelling at him about yeah. being under the table with uh, Elle Fanning, uh, which is a great um, Dave Matthews album. Did I hit that joke? Um, but uh, I'm not uh, the table with Somerville. But he has this wonderful education of being around old people, and it's it's mostly like you know age isn't anything to be afraid of or whatever. Yeah. But also, yes, it is sad, and he gets this incredible perspective on death. They give him perspective, and then the rest of his mo mo of the movie is in some ways him teaching that to people in the audience and mm -hmm. people he meets. Yeah, you know the way he consoles Jared Harris as he's dying on on a ship. Is not like no, you're gonna be fine. the The helicopter's coming. He's like, no, you're you're going. Yeah, it's true. But like, there's a nice place waiting for you. You're gonna, you know, he has this like really um, rational view of all this that is because of the upbringing. And you would expect the beginnings of this movie to be like House of Horrors. Yeah, you know, raised in a in a you know gothic orphanage, and it's like the complete opposite of that. Like, like uh, t ten years ago, it must have been. I went to a, a fucking Rosh Hashanah dinner. Uh, with my great aunt and uncle, who I was very close to growing up, who had moved to Florida by this point. And it was them and their friend who had also just moved into this retirement community with them. All three of these people are dead now, right? And uh, my great aunt and uncle were together for like 65 years, 70 years. Um, and this guy's wife, who they had grown up with, both of them in the same neighborhood, uh, had like just died. And my great uncle very matter-of-factly say, like, and this is Jerry. Jerry's one of her oldest friends. He grew up around the block, and his friend, his wife was, was Cynthia, and she went to school with us. And he just looked at me, and he went, 
She was the love of my life. I will never care about anyone as much as I cared about her. She was the most extraordinary woman I ever knew. And she died six months ago. And I've been so sad since. Can you pass the mashed potatoes? There you go. And it was like one run on sentence. Yeah. And he was, it was said with emotion, but it was also just like that point where people get to that point in their lives. And you're like, you lose the most important people every day. Yeah. Yeah. They're just all dropping off like flies. Yeah. But you imagine that happening if you are in preschool, right? right? Or in grade school. And if you're like, quote unquote friends once a week a friend gets trucked away and benjamin button is a child he has the mentality of a child but he's growing up in a retirement home where everyone else has this like them's the breaks people get carted off yeah and he's it teaches him the the sort of um i don't know the the ephemerality yeah and and it's all you know it's not it's not veda sultanfuss and my girl work you know growing up in the fucking funeral home that's a little too extreme I also think that— Because it doesn't curse him. It doesn't make him dark. For all of his, like, innate sort of, you know, high-mindedness or or sort of, like, evolved view of death, I like that the movie also, in little ways, like, kind of is like, he's kind of annoying. Like, like, because us who are aging the other direction are like, okay, yeah, great. We get it. Like, it's nothing to be scared of, but it is scary. (laughs) Yes, yes. And I think that's part of why Daisy, who is, you know, a really well-drawn— kind of blithe artist character yeah. is also just like a little bit like get out of my face man like i can't have this like she's y- not ready for him you're too enlightened you know right and, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and i think we all a but lot of look, us aren't my baby was not born 80 years old i'm willing to admit born baby age she was born baby age but like there those early scenes too where he's just by her bed and he's so helpless it does remind me of that you know it's it yeah. is so universal just like you know the bond you have just caring for that oh god this movie like really fucked me up at the end so another thing fincher kept saying in the commentary because we're we're getting to the daisy meeting sure is like my read on this movie is fundamentally that it, this is not a story about them being destined for each other. No, because that would be ludicrous. These right. are not yeah, star-crossed yeah. lovers. He's no. always loved her. Yes. But right. that's a little different. But that's right. what he said. He said it's basically two people who, whether they know it or not, almost non-verbally made a promise to each other when they were young. And it's about how this promise ties them in their minds to each other. But it's not that I think they could only be together or they were destined to always be together. And I think Paramount really wanted that for it to be this like epic faded right. romance, and he kept on pushing back up Jenny and Jenny running Paramount across the reflecting pool. Sells yeah. it that way as best they can. Totally, with them yeah. on the poster and all that. But like when we get to the scene, Paris, the, the accident, the sort of butterfly effect of her legs getting uh, fucked up at the car crash yes, and everything. Yeah, yeah. They were like, see, this is what we're saying. Do this. The world is bringing them together, and it's like, yeah. But when he goes to visit her, she's like, get out of here. Right. I'm not ready for you yet, man. Right. Yeah. Right. And it is that thing of, like, there's something. She is an old soul, right? Which is helped by the fact that you have an adult woman voicing it over Dakota Fanning. Right. uh, Elle Fanning, excuse me. Um, They recognize something in each other. They have some connection. But it is that, like, it's like the ex you never got over. Or, or not even, it's the person where the circumstances never lined up. Right. And can you ever go home again? Totally. You know, because going back, to, going to him is, in her view, an admission of defeat. Yeah. And de- defeat is given to her, not by her own choice, you know, unfortunately. Right. But even then, she's like, I don't, you know. No, like, you're totally right. Like, he is kind of too familiar in a way. And I think a thing that, like, crystallizes the fact that they're going to be hung up on each other forever, not that they're destined together, but that they're sort of, like stuck being fixated on each other is Phyllis Somerville's reaction to them being under the table where it's like an incredibly innocent thing to them 
that is treated with such disgust and paranoia and disdain where they were like, well, if you're making a big deal out of this, what is actually going on here? Right. You know? And I think it's interesting because I feel like, I mean, obviously in Forrest Gump, he doesn't really have the capacity to understand. He He's, you know, he understands Jenny in a way and that he loves her in a way. But I think in this movie, I feel like I would have expected um, kind of love to re-enter his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. But like he pursues her in a very direct way. It's not like we met up and like, oh, how you been? Oh, how? Oh, I see you're dating this guy. Like, okay. He's like upfront. He's like, no, I, I came here to think, I thought I was going to sweep you off your feet. Like, I like how direct right. that is. But also, it's fascinating that every time she's kind of leading the scene and then there's the moment where she goes, I'm sorry, I've been talking about myself all yeah. night. You haven't said anything. He's like, well, I like to listen. And then when she finally passes the baton to him, he's like, here I stand before you once again asking for a hand. <laughs> right, right, right. She's like, fuck off. And he disappears for another seven years. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. A, yeah that's I think that's a, I think she's such a well-drawn character. I mean, Blanchett turns out um, connect. Um, yeah. Like where you're like, I mean, we all are in the arts. Like, I I know those people like yes. who are like, oh my god, it's so good to see you, and then talk for thirty minutes and I, have not even asked you if you can if they can like hang I your think coat up. She you know? gets that about that character exactly. Right. How, right. How do you yes. really? Do you think so? Where was she about to go? Was she about to do Sydney Theater CB? Company? Yeah. Uh, well, she's just coming off her Oscar for The Aviator, Gone right, and and her near win for I'm Not There. Uh, that's it's the year before this. The year before this, yeah, because Aviators, of course, oh four, right, and then I I'm not there so seven. Kind so of this... astonishing she didn't get nominated for this. I remember, especially it's for a movie because... that was so Oscar rich. Yeah, but she didn't. She didn't have the buzz. Like people, it's be- it's because this movie dis- disappointed, yeah. quote unquote. I just remember thinking this performance in particular was undeniable, and it's equally fascinating that. Pitt got nominated for such a passive character that they usually don't go but, for, but it's the it's the special effects of the thing. It, it's well, the, it's partly that, but yeah. it's also partly not to be an Oscar like you know overreader or whatever. Yeah. Like Pitt had not been nominated since Twelve Monkeys. Twelve Monkeys. That it was, was time, the one people thought was kind of close. right, but it was yeah. sort of time to be like yes, yes. Forgot you know. they had done that together already at this point. Too. They had, yeah, they yeah. had. I mean, yeah, almost the, everyone in this movie. Babel was what two thousand six. Six, yeah. Uh, and Kate, you know, had won an Oscar and been nominated multiple times. And I think they're probably like, eh, we can give you a pass. Like yeah. Frozen, you know, um, Melissa Leo for Frozen River is the surprise nominee that yes. year, which mm-hmm. is a good nom. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Angelina Anne Hathaway. Jolie Changeling. Right. Right. Jolie and Changeling, she's sort of sneaking in because that movie yes. had kind of like up and down buzz. That's the slot that I thought should have been Blanchett's. I think well, the thing about the Blanchett is that up until that rewatching it, that movie's it. not good. She's not good. I enough. recommend rewatching it. I recommend rewatching it. It's the beginning of the railroading. It's his first movie about railroading. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm honestly really serious. Really, the train is pulling into the station because I was like, well, he loves stories about railroading. And then I was like, wait, no, this is the beginning of Eastwood's love affair with railroadies. She got railroaded. She fucking got railroaded. Yeah, I don't deny because that. They gave her a boy yeah, that who, wasn't her who boy. Didn't have a foreskin, and she was like, "My kid was uncircumcised." That's the other reason like, you like hey, it. He probably got uh, circumcised. You like that? It's a Things foreskin happen. thriller. Yeah. It's just so crazy that she's like, uh, "My kid had a different penis," and they were like, ah, "Penises change all the time." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You crazy old lady. <laughs> hey, pulled it out. Uh, he's got a Benjamin Dix disease. I don't know. Like that's how that's Stick how railroaded younger. her ass was. Yeah, was she couldn't even be like, look, the one fundamental thing with guys where it's one or the other. It's it's, you know, it went from a Y to an N. You know, uh-huh. 
And uh, she got railroaded, man. <laughs> she get by fucking burn notice. He burn notices she get her. Railroaded. I, I was gonna say about the Blanchett. She's good in this though, Blanchett. It's just it's just kind of like it's Kate Blanchett. She's fine. Wait, I'm sorry. Like, it's Hathaway. It's Jolie. It's Leo. The winner that year is. Go go ahead. Why am I not thinking of who this is? It's, this it's, is the Slumdog year. Is it Winslet? Oh, it's the reader. Yes. Right. And then who's the fifth nominee? Uh, sorry, I'm sorry. Hathaway, Jolie, uh, Leo, Winslet. Um, sorry, where the fuck are the Oscars? I just had them. Jeez, Louise. They went away because I got so pumped up about getting railroaded. Um, you were saying something you want to get railed by Jeffrey Donovan? What? <laughs> oh, well, the fifth nominee. Oof. What? I have some doubts about this nomination. Oh, it's your least favorite performance, <laughs> oh. Meryl Streep in that. But oh. I mean, she was pretty much guaranteed that nom. Like, just, yeah. That is not a field that you're like, well, Blanchett was going to be on the outside because it's the not competition f- was so stiff. Maybe it's not a field that you would say that about, but. There's certainly um, big names, sure. Uh, you know, like uh, Jolie Streep. These are big names. But I think a couple of huge names with soft nominations. Um, but yeah. but uh, Blanche one didn't even, nomination. didn't even get a Golden Globe nom. Yeah, I, do you want to do you want to know the Golden Globe nominees? Yes, please. In drama for 2008, it's four of the ones we just said, and then Kristen Scott Thomas. Because doubts and comedy. Oh, and I know I loved you. <laughs> I've loved you so long. Right. Oh, oh, which that, is sort oh, of a surprise. The, the, Not fr- a bad the French language one. Yeah. 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 Um, Has this had Oscar buzz done that movie yet? They should. That's yeah. a quintessential. Can, David, yeah. can you imagine if Kristen Scott Thomas directed a bad movie? One of the worst fucking things. One of those things were two minutes and I was like, uh oh. David and I just got But back then from you Toronto. said she comes in at the end and does no, no. 10 minutes and proves herself as the Kristen Scott Thomas of acting. The whole point, the whole, I can just imagine this is Kristen Scott Thomas in a movie called North Star. She directed it. It's clearly about her own life. And her, we're all rooting from here to Toronto. I love Kristen Scott Thomas. Yeah, she's, she's great. And, I'm, and it's got Scarlett Johansson, who uh-huh. she's now worked with three times, Horse Whisperer, Other Berlin Girl, and this. Wild. Wild. But it's nice that they clearly have a yeah, lifelong sure. connection. Yeah. Sienna Miller. And unnamed British actress who's very good, whose name I forget. Oh, who it's, is, it's the it's uh, Emily Emily Beecham. Yeah, who's Emily very Beecham, good. yes, yeah. yes. A, a can Best Actress winner. Yeah. Uh, poor yeah. ScarJo is doing an English accent next to the Sienna Play, playing and an Beecham. aircraft carrier captain. Correct, right? a gay mm-hmm. aircraft carrier captain. Okay. Normal, of course. But like every time she has to, t- you know, What's Sienna her Miller ethnicity is good. <laughs> and and Beecham is good, and they they're speaking yeah. in there, and then Scarlett Johansson will be like. Oh, buddy, hellmates. And I'm just like, oh, God, this is so rough. <laughs> and then Kristen Scott Thomas plays their mom, uh-huh. her own mother. Yes. Yeah. I see. You know, oh, sure. And I can just see her on set being like, yes, no, I'll just, I'll be over here. I'll, you know, I'll have a couple scenes. Every Do time, she's fucking, there's a hydro cannon on her black back. <laughs> Yeah. That's what you said. He said she's just hydro blasting everyone off the screen. She's what so you texted. good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, also, you're just dying in this movie. So her just being kind of funny, you're like, thank God, so a professional has arrived, you know. <laughs> yeah. God, that movie stunk. Yeah, I heard Did it. Did you was, see it? No, I no, because I heard it was bad. Fucking Katie Rich brought me to it. The only one one tiff mistake I made was mm. that one. Well, never listen to her. No, that's not true. She told me to see um. His three daughters, and I wept like a baby. I also did. Um, anyway, Kristen Scott Thomas, what, what else Golden Globes? Uh, Kristen, oh, that's it, though. They, it's, uh, they put Winslet, Hathaway in Hathaway. comedy? No, the, who they put? Act, in drama. Oh, who was in comedy? Or, or, or oh, was it? Oh, it was Angelina for Dick Swap. No, excuse me. Wasn't it Leo Winslet is the one who comes out in of nowhere. lead for Revolutionary Road Correct. and then reader for support? That's right. Correct. Okay. That's but, right. but still, it's uh, Winslet Hathaway, Jolie Streep. Yeah. And then Kristen Scott Thomas. And then Melissa Leo sneaks in. Okay. Uh, which is, that's a good movie. She's she good gets in that the, movie. Um, 
right? Do you a wood mean river? The sheer slide. Um, no, Frozen River. Oh, Wind yeah. River, yes. I'm, I'm no. shaky on No, that Frozen River is a good movie. I mean, she, she's, yeah. she's excellent. Is Melissa Leo still running drugs across the <laughs> Canadian border? During the strike, yeah. Well, I mean, She's yeah. got to earn a living. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Wow, she just does. Melissa, here's my pitch. Yeah. Melissa Leo in a Liam Neeson-style action thriller. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, you you finally joined me on Equalizer Island. I've been watching the Equalizer movies. Melissa Leo's throwing a heat. She note. is. She's And good. there's one action scene she has in two yeah. that she, you can tell she's excited that she's like, I finally get to do more. one of these. You leave that wanting more. Yeah. And but, she's hard bitten. But yes. in that movie, she's wearing the the, the, the medical glasses from the big short. Yes. <laughs> and she's also time. wearing the consider fur coat. <laughs> it, and, that's the costume. Yes. Fully. And her yep. dodecahedron costume from Oblivion. She plays dodecahedron. She, in that movie. she plays the, the 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 thing from um, Out of This World. Remember yes. that show? Um, no. Um, well, oh yeah. Uh, uh, curious case of Ben Hemen Button. Okay, yes. so he 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 old little. He, um, he makes a connection with Daisy. He start he, he start old and little. Yeah. <laughs> he old little. <laughs> he makes the connection with Daisy. Um, he uh, meets. Various people, well, such as guy, OT. Yes. The, the, right. The, right. Uh, That's the guy who kind of opens up his world. Uh, who's the first person to take him out of the old people's home, basically, yeah. right? Like, so they like they go to a place. He tests out what it is to have people regard him right. yes. and look at him a bit askance, but also it's like, well, okay. Right. And it helps that, uh, you know, OT is a little a little fellow, and right? Yes. Yeah. Right. And, and it, but he's but comfortable in his own skin. Right. Yeah. Yes. That's the and bit, yeah. does the thing with the kids where he, you know, he startles them and it's cute. Yeah. Uh, Takes them to a brothel for the first time where he, by pure happenstance, sees Mr. Button. Well, Mr. Button sees him. Yes. Right. Right. And says, that might be my Mr. Button's like, I don't know how many that might be like my old man babies. My old man, 15-year-old, yeah. going into that lady's room. Yeah. I'm sharing a wall with some 85-year-old who fucks like a 15-year-old. That might be my son. <laughs> I like this the, movie is crazy. This movie's insane. It's fundamentally yeah. so crazy. That's the, why it's so funny that it yeah. is this like lovely, treacly movie. Yeah. That it's also a movie where this, this, my friends, was a poster. This was a poster. This, this, Just the, the baby. butt poster. Yeah, yeah. Baby butt poster. The wrinkly baby butt. There you doesn't, go. Doesn't that make you want to see a movie? Because the main poster was just Blanchett, Blanchett and Pitt looking hot as hell. Just their two faces with like Vanity Fair portraits. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like wasn't the hummingbird in a lot of the marketing it was. I feel like I remember Here's that. the thing yeah. Fincher said that I thought was interesting. He was like, people were like, oh, Eric Broth trying to do the, the feather thing again with the hummingbird can't mm -hmm. get out of his own way. And he's like, the hummingbird is the exact opposite of the feather. The feather in Forrest Gump is this like magical creation, this thing that in theory has no mind of its own that blows in the wind and touches everything. Right. The hummingbird has its own agency. Yeah, exactly. It is not ending up here by chance. It's on a mission. It's yes. making, it's making infinity with its wings. And right. yeah, yeah. But can we admit that Eric Roth should open a suit restaurant called Eric Broth? Yes. If he hasn't already. David, when have I ever disagreed on that point? From the day I met you. Hello, I'm David Sims. I'm I think Griffin Eric Roth should, should open a soup restaurant I called agree. Eric Roth. I agree. Let's have a podcast. Wait, now can I get that clean one more time? Eric Roth should open a soup restaurant called Eric Broth. Great. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Eventually, okay, look. Yeah. He fuck... He oh, that's Daisy. what I want to say. That's what I want to say. Sorry. That the thing the 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 sex worker says is like, you're a regular Dick Tracy. Right. 
That's her uh, yes. line for is how that... good he is at sex. Sure. Was uh, he known to be a... I don't really think of it. I think he had Lady Luck. Is that why Warren Beatty was drawn to the role? Maybe. Yeah. He is named Dick? He does, yeah. Maybe he was tracing his dick for her on yeah. some... Yeah, he did um, do that. Wax paper. Fincher in the comments here keeps saying, like, this was the shot that my special effects supervisor almost quit over. Right, was like, I'm going like, to kill you. He's right. got to be in the bathtub. And they'd be like, can we put a collar on him? It's easier if there's some line between right. the neck and the body. He's like, no, you just wear a collar in the bathtub. And they get to the stuff. And he was like, I just kept saying to him, this is the job shirt. <laughs> you signed up for. You have to do it, right? <laughs> they they and, would... Uh, go ahead. He said the sex scene in the brothel is the one he folded on, where there was a like as written a four page scene where she gave him a cloth and she he washed his genitals and they had a long conversation. Sure. And the special effects guy was like, "Can he just be under the covers? Right. Come on. If they're both That's naked, logical. their bodies right. touching each other with covers on top, it's going to take fifteen years. <laughs> right. They would. I I forgot to say that. But they you would, don't see him during that scene. They would call the people who play the the body double yeah. Smurfs because they wore a blue sock over oh, their head. Funny. Yeah. It is insane to imagine all. The these scenes being shot with a little body double yes. with a blue sock over yes. his head while everyone else is just acting normal. It's like the Dana Carvey finding out about 9-11 while in the Master of Disguise turtle suit. He was in the turtle yeah. suit. We, yeah. we know that to be true. Right? Yeah. Like, it's that kind of thing of, like, like this serious movie and the surre- surreality of actually being on set and these just, like, men covered in blue. Um, yes. Look, I just have to tell you that he fuck, he meet Daisy, and then he become tugboat. Uh, yes, that's you know, a, that's semen. where we're going. He becomes a, a guy on a tugboat. Yeah. Yes, like I watched this movie in two chunks. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's two hours and forty five minutes long. Yeah, very long, and it's slow. It's it's, a, it's long. It's slow. It's methodical, and it has deliberate. digressions yeah. like Mister Cake, like the long oh yes. all the things that happened before Daisy got hit yeah. by a car. You know things like that. Where I'm sure there was a person being like, um. Could we? Oh, Fincher keeps saying, talk about stuff they cut and saying, we ultimately made the decision to cut the thing down to the bone. So yeah, I'm like, oh, so there was a five hour version of this. I would lo- I, honestly, I would love to see that. Yeah. Because I, I don't, because th- like, the daisy stuff, the lightning stuff, all that, like the daisy and get, you know, the, the, the butterfly effect. Like, I think it's all great. Yeah. And I think it's, it doesn't feel like embellishment in a way that it would in a lesser director's hands. I agree. Like, had Gary Ross done that? Yeah. I, I'd say, Gary, get in yeah. and out in 90 Come minutes. Come on. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Daisy Day. Oh, Tugboat, Tugboat. Right. Yeah. I watched it. It's, you know, two hours. I So I watched an hour 25, hour 25, mm-hmm. pretty much. Right? Okay. You know, I split it up. For And I will say, Benjamin Button Part 1, I do prefer to Benjamin Button Part 2. Okay. Benjamin Button Pro, I cut it off right when the war ends, after okay. when Jared Harris dies. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of like, this is a masterpiece. Mm. And then I think the latter half, which is a lot of Daisy, yeah. is is very slow uh-huh. and is sometimes a little watch commercial. Not that it's a bad thing, sure. but, you know, Benjamin Button's adventures are sometimes, I do think he's about to turn around and offer me like a timeshare, you know? When he's like brushing his teeth in the Himalayas or whatever. Nespresso. 100%. And it can only air in Japan. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, the ending hits really hard for me and I think it's good, but you uh-huh. know, but Tugboat is so much of this Tugboat's movie. good. I mean, Jared Harris. <laughs> it's just a, one of my yeah. favorite guys. He has yeah. come up a number of times on the podcast. I'm always delighted by him. But I do think his run after this is really good where it feels like people start giving him more meat, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, because it's like obviously he's burdened and helped by being the the son of a famous actor who kind of looks like his dad. Like, they resemble each other. And so it's like he's been getting work free. Obviously, I shot Andy Warhol. I feel like his, his biggest role in a way. Yeah. 
before Mad Men, right? I'm like looking at yes. his very, but like, you know, Lost in Space. I mean, he's dubbed in that dubbed, movie, yeah. but <laughs> uh, he's in Smoke. Yes. Peter Newman produced. Uh, it goes down my favorite movie it, when I was 12. It, yeah. I can't believe what you saw in that movie. Uh, I remind imagine. you, I was 12. I know. No, no, I'm joking, Griffin. You were like, oh, yes, uh, you know, yeah, come on. No, that no, movie's I clearly too much yes, in that resident yeah. for you as a 12-year-old. But he's really good in that film. Um, you know, uh, lots of other stuff. Uh, Mr. Deeds, apparently, he's in that. Oh, he's really good in Mr. Deeds. He's been Uriah's boss. Uh, I feel like he has a pretty big role in uh, Sylvia, which is sort of a forgotten movie, but yeah. I remember him being good. Doesn't he play the foreskin in Changeling? He, he does. does, yes, yeah. he does. He but does. he's someone where... They took me off. At this point, still... <laughs> I'm like, that's nice that someone hired Jared Harrison is letting him go off, right? Yeah, and then it's like, yeah. the second he gets Mad Men, it's everyone like realizing, like, why have we been sleeping on this yeah. guy? This guy should be getting everything. And a big, just like, I think kind of turning point moment is, you know, in, in the first Sherlock Holmes, Moriarty is in shadows, right? Yes, he is. And they're like, and the second one, we're actually going to put Moriarty in. And Guy Ritchie's claim, were, uh, claim was, I'm trying to get Brad Pitt to do it. Mm -hmm. and our backup is daniel day lewis cool right yeah. they were just shooting big yeah and they couldn't get either guy to commit brad pitt would have been horrible it would have been terrible and yeah. daniel day lewis never would have done no. it and they couldn't get either guy to commit they started filming the second movie without the role cast and they were right. like we're hoping we're gonna get one of them on board and then they just go like fuck it jared harris and it works and they just made the choice of being like we don't need to cast a big star jared harris will just kill this mm-hmm He'll kill this. Give him Which a character poster. Which is often poster. a good choice to make. Yeah, he's good in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's always good. And, um, and I think in this, it's fun good. in this to watch him on the more disheveled end of what he normally plays. Yes, you know, like because I mean, I I first really knew him from Mad Men, and it, you know, he's has a tragic ending in that, but he's kind of more buttoned up and whatever. He's you know British and yes. you know in a suit, and this is just like full tilt, just like messy, drunk all the time. And yeah. it's and he and he does it just as well. He does it really well. Yeah. And it's also like you 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 want you want some life in this movie. The most yeah. Ben character yeah. in the movie, right? Yeah, the I love this guy. Talk yeah. about Captain. Yeah. He looks so damn good. He looks great. That looks scene, great. that scene where he, him and Benjamin are watching videotapes on the porch. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's got Hosley coloring. <laughs> so Sega Genesis. Yeah. I don't know how they got one in the 40s. He does. Yeah. He has your complexion. And your, <laughs> he does. Yeah, oh, no, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I would love to hang with Jared. Yeah. You're always getting shot on boats, you know? I mean, truly, in a different life, I would have been a tugboat captain. Absolutely. <laughs> it's almost astounding that it isn't happening in this life. Yeah. <laughs> also, just kind of seems like the best job where it's like, what do you do? I'm on the, the seas. You know, I'm a captain. Yeah. Okay, yeah. what is your job? Well, they, they tie a rope to a big yeah. boat, and I just kind of go forward. You Might know? wife be the ocean. <laughs> David, a rope. I, I have a feeling it might be a huge fucking chain. Uh, uh, okay. Uh -oh. Okay. Um, Benjamin does tugboating. Tugboats yeah. uh, over to Russia. All that stuff. They get shot up by a U-boat. Yeah. He dies. Which I didn't know that like tugboats could go all that way. Oh, is it? Are they doing more cargo at that point? I. Yeah. I don't really. I don't know. I don't know but I love the stuff with them sort of heading into this wintry, you know. It's always nighttime. Berminsk, I feel like yeah. in those in those is mm -hmm. that Siberia? It's it's not. It's sort of the other side. It's near like Finland. It's oh, sort okay. of that that bit. Okay. I also love that when when Button is uh, a very young, everyone who looks at him is like, well, that's a freak of nature, right? right? They look at him with like disgust and disdain, and then basically starting from the brothel age on, they're like, this old man behaves a little strangely, right? But he gets to basically be in the biological equivalent of like. 
two kids stacked on top of each other in a trench coat, where he's like an undercover kid that adults speak to Mm -hmm. as if he is wiser than them and has lived more than they have. Yeah. And he just kind of hangs back and is like, as long as no one catches me. And in his kind of laconic nature, they respect him more. You know, like the, there's a bit of a Chauncey Gardner where yeah. they're like projecting onto his silence. Exactly, like, this man is is runs he's so deep, all, which is what right? everyone in yes. the movie is yes. doing. Like yes. he must know something we don't, and he it's like no, he's aging he's like, like the rest. Right. Yeah. I'm 15 years old. Right, yeah. <laughs> right. right. Yes. exactly. Like, like I love all like, this. He's like so excited to be living. A I've life had sex of, once. Like, high adventure. Yeah. I'm a real Dick Tracy. Yeah. Yes. Uh, of course, this is yes when he has his first love affair with Elizabeth Abbott, played by Tilda Swinton, I, I, the wife of a spy. Yes, a performance I'm also a little astounded didn't get nomination. She's so good. It's I think it's probably too quiet a performance. Yeah. Noreen Taraji obviously gets the nomination, and she's uh, so good in Burn After Reading this year as well. Which she's they also give, have to o- give her. A well, she won an Oscar the year after. Uh, year right? before is Clayton year after year oh, before year before year yeah. before so yeah. she's before. just won an Oscar yeah like, let her have hey. she's Tilda she's so good in this she, she's plain as paper though but yeah I know other I mean, than that I barely fucking remember that she's in it yeah I, I mean Fincher like mocks that on the commentary uh, sure. it's like they, it, she's the most extraordinary looking person how, how could we do this she's he, very striking he didn't say who it was but he said there was an actress he really wanted and he kept on saying that's who I think we should hire and Pitt went I don't know I don't know and it was getting to the point where he was like if we're not going to, what's your problem with this person? He's like, I don't know. I don't dislike that person, but I think we can do better. And he's like, okay, then I give you five minutes. Sure. Call me back in five minutes. If there's someone who's better than this person, who is very good and we both agree, it should be so obvious that if you can't think of the name in five minutes, I'm offering. We're going with Melissa Leo. Right. Yeah. And then, like, Pitt called him three minutes later and said, tell us when. He was like, you're right. No, she's better. (laughs) I wonder who it was. I know. That's that's intriguing. Uh, but uh, it's sort of an insult if it comes out, though, which is why he clearly didn't yeah. even no. allude to who it was. Yeah. Yes, had they worked together before they hadn't? Well, that was, I think, I don't burn think. after reading must have happened after right, this. That's the thing. When did those two, but it comes out a couple months before? Um, but uh, like, did he produce adaptation? She's mm. in that. Can't remember when Plan B was rolling up its sleeves. Yeah. I mean, not that Brad Pitt's like you know, an active producer on no. some of these, although know. he has. Two best picture Oscars. Uh, we assume he won one for Twelve Years a Slave, right? Did he win? And he didn't get one for Moonlight, but those, I, no. those are both Plan B. They are, uh, but right, but I think yeah. no, he, he was left off for Moonlight, but I think Twelve Years a Slave, he's in it. Yeah, I mean, you know, great performance. Um, but uh, but like I guess because he's in, it, I don't. What does yeah. matter anyway? Uh, that whole that whole segment is sort of my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. Is them them in the hotel, yes. having tea, and then yeah, well, fucking yeah, doing do, do well, do a little Dick Tracying. It's also mm-hmm. like yeah. this is the, where the age stuff gets interesting. Where it's like, here's this woman who's maybe like given up on excitement in her life, right? And here she's having this kind of like final surprise surge whirlwind romance right. for a moment, and for him, this is his first love. Yeah, You know, like he's catching someone on the decline and this is the first time. It's not his first time having sex. And she thinks his... that they're simpatico in that. Yes. Right. Yeah. They right. both, yeah. you know, gone over some peak of life. Right. And, right. and we've ended up in this wintry right. town in the middle of nowhere. Like, yeah. But he's like a college freshman. Yeah. He, he, yeah. Yep. It's yeah. undeniable. He has a crush on his professor. And that's and her. Yes. Yeah. Of course, she is a Diana Nyad type who wants mm-hmm. to, you know, uh, mm-hmm. swim the channel. There are so many Diana Nyad types. Oh, I'm God, sick of them. Diamond Dawson. 
uh, jellyfish are always after them. And uh, so, uh, <laughs> no, you know, that's just, her lifelong dream. She's right? incredibly good. And it's that kind of performance where you're just like, just it's just all stripped away. It's so simple what she's doing. It's just presence, yeah. you know, mm. and it's honest. And it's a beautiful backstory. Like it's a, it, it, if, they're, if they were going to pick one pertinent detail for her backstory, she almost swam the English Channel once 40 years ago or however yeah. long it was supposed to be, 30 years ago. Yeah, because it's this other running theme of the movies, which is like missed opportunities. Yeah. 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 And like all of the regret about that. And obviously that line about right. like that Jared Harris has about like you can hate how this happened. And, right. Yeah. Almost everyone he's meeting along the way is in some way burdened by the thing they fucked up or the thing that fucked them over from getting mm -hmm. to do what they wanted to do at their peak. So you feel like, well, Benjamin Button is going to peak so late that he'll have the knowledge that all of us wish we had when we were in our body in that state. And he do he doesn't. No. You know? No, exactly. He has regrets, same as anybody else. It doesn't else. gain yep. him anything. Mm -hmm. No. We can talk about that more in a second. But obviously, um, then he goes back to Nolens. Nolens. Uh, learns that Mahershala uh, died. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, meets Mr. Button for real for the first time. Reveals who he is. Uh, he reveals who he is, yeah. shows him a big button factory and leaves it to him. Yeah. Button factory never comes up again. No. But I guess he's just kind of collecting button checks. It is so funny. Well, I don't know. The button industry probably was winding down after, right? In well, but 60s. he kind of says like, look, World War One was a too good time for yeah, buttons. Yeah, People buttons. need buttons. Yeah. Right. It's just so funny that like, you're like, Benjamin Button, a eh, good character name. What's his deal? He's the heir to the button fortune. <laughs> what do they do? Make buttons? Yeah, yeah. yeah they, 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 they do. Make they buttons. fucking make buttons. What do you buttons. want from me? Okay, well, can the Paramount logo be a bunch of buttons? Yeah, I already did it for you. Here it is. <laughs> Press play. What about the Yeah, I yeah, did it all. Fucking all of it. Buttons everywhere. Um, like that movie starts with the buttons. You know, damn, is this movie gonna be buttony? And then, like after for a while, you're like, I got no buttons. It's about an old guy. And then in an hour, they're like buttons. Yeah, more butt than buttons for the first twenty. There's minutes. some butt. You got a little baby tushy. Um. Benjamin goes to see New York, uh, Daisy in New York, mm -hmm. but you know, she's, yeah, she's a young woman. She's being bohemian. She's yeah. being bohemian. She's He's standing there in the corner. He looks like yeah. fucking Orson Bean. You know, it's come like, on. You know, I was thinking about it like <laughs> someone watched Equalizer, Equalizer 2. 2 today. Oh. Did you know yeah. Orson Bean died of a, in a car accident? Yes. You're like, oh, Orson Bean died. How old is he? 91. You're like, oh, that's a grand old yeah. age. Oh, he died in 2020. Did he die COVID? No, he died February 2020. Oh, okay. Well, but of old age, right? No, a car hit him. Right. It's that like, guy was indestructible it's until like, someone mowed him down. What is it, Desmond Lewin or whatever? In, Desmond yeah, yeah. Llewellyn. T yeah. Terrible. Um, I was thinking about what, in this the, the great scene when he goes to see her in New York. Mm -hmm. And she's it, like, when I would she's do plays bodies. in college and like a high school friend would come see it. Mm. And then after the play, I want to go to the cast party or hang yeah. out with my theater friends. And then here's this person from my old other life. Yes. And it was so, who I love. But like, it was so hard to reconcile those things. And I think yeah. this movie, that's a pretty complicated dynamic for a big blockbuster prestige Oscar movie to yeah. like even bother with. But this is a movie that I think, you know. Fincher is only interested in those dynamics. Yeah. He yeah. goes for all the weird, hard to pin down mm -hmm. little like moments and energy shifts and all that thing, rather than the huge things. Right. That, well, because the thing is about Fincher usually lead a movie like this to Oscar glory. He's not like I think he had obviously, and you guys are going to talk uh, talking yeah. about this on the, the whole season. But like obviously, the reputation, cool, dark, all yeah. that stuff. But he's always a humanist. Yes, like he is interested in human behavior. These people are not just sort of like objects that he wants to move around to get pretty pictures, you know, or interesting oh, and pictures. And also, by the way, this movie he takes this on pretty shortly after his own father dies as well. Right. 
He said that Benjamin Button behavior is largely modeled after his father, Mm -hmm. that his father was this kind of passive listener wallflower guy, and that his father had all this ambition Mm -hmm. to make films, which he tried to realize within his father's own life, and he didn't, you know? Like, this movie is him working through his shit as much as Eric Roth was in writing the script. Yeah. Mank. 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 Yeah, and so there's something gentle about it. Mank, 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 mank. Sank, sank, sank. Um, then uh, Kate Blanchett get or- gets Orson Beaned. I'm sorry. It's incredibly, David. incredibly David. joke. I'm really sorry. But she does get hit by a car. Uh, that sequence is, you know, it's a little like Paul Thomas, a little Magnolia. Yeah, it's a little Magnolia. You know, yeah. where you're kind of like, okay, you know, but like it's effective, I think. You know, the, oh, if only, you know... But in the same way that a lot of or... this movie's gumpisms are actually anti-gumpisms, this is sort of the anti-Magnolia, which is, like, Ricky Jay is saying, like, surely these things... Mean something. The connectedness is is, is crucial. Right? right, even if we can't and define Benjamin it. Benjamin is just like, man, I don't know, shit Cruel, happens. Roll the clock backwards. Words. Yeah. yeah. Every, right. Everything is causally related backwards. in some way, and right. so whatever, yes. what can you do? But that doesn't right. make you important. No. No, no, it doesn't mean there was any vendetta being settled. No, but and it's like it means that Daisy will not be quote unquote important in terms of like she will not enjoy celebrity. Sure, right? You know she will have to go back and marry a you know a button freak. But even beyond that, just her her life will remain fundamentally forever unfulfilled. Um, there is a part of her that never got to. But know. of course, that doesn't yeah. mean she has a bad life in any way. No. I mean, you know, no, maybe Benji could have stuck around. It's Sarah opinion, Silverman but... in Take This Waltz. Life has a gap. You don't right. go yes. crazy trying to fill it. You know, right. good movie. And good that's movie. a pretty big gap for for Daisy. But like, yes. Remember when Sarah Polly won an Oscar that year? It was so great. Yeah, but it, and, I was and, so happy. Me yeah, too. I was nice. so happy. Yeah. yeah. Um, I almost fucking had to play the fax machine for the fifth time. All quiet on the Western Front was going to get on stage again. It was going to be so bad. When they would play that fucking fax machine score, it's like, bow, bow. that's what it sounds like. I didn't know what you meant by they, play they had the fax that fucking movie has that yes. score that sounds like a dial-up <laughs> modem. Like or like a dot matrix printer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And they had to, you know, oh, it won again, play the fucking fax machine. <laughs> so annoying. And then it was like, we've been talking. And then you had Francis McDormand's yeah. big head. <laughs> Sorry. It's also that was the only major award it was, that A twenty four didn't win. Yeah, whale or or everything. A twenty four won picture director, Both original actors. screenplay, all, all four, four acting, acting categories. Yeah, all four acting categories. Uh, That's when wild. Uh, when going back to Daisy. When you zoom out mm-hmm. uh, back to the hospital room, and that you find out the daughter never knew about her dancing oh. career. That yeah, I've never seen this. Yeah, destroyed yes. me. Yeah, yeah. because I, I have great parents. Fucking talking about, but who are are people that are very deeply private, and they're they're now getting you know later into their lives, and they just will sometimes they'll let just, something slip. They'll just throw a little. When I was like, a cowboy, out, and yeah. you're like, what the fuck? Dude. How had you never yeah. shared this with oh, me before? This man. shapes my, like, my view of you in such a, like, I see you in a completely different way now. Overshare with your children is what yes. we're saying. Yes. But, I, but I think that in this movie's psychology, and maybe it's a more, bit more grandiose for Daisy than it is for your parents, Ben, is that, like, it hurts to talk about a little bit. It's sad right. to talk no, about. No, but I also, you know? there, it gave me perspective, too, yeah. because I do understand this is, like, one of the, like, most tragic parts of her life. On my she doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She can't yeah. think about it. Yeah. No. It's too hurtful. No, and all like 
I feel like what I was talking about, how memory becomes myth and then you tell the mm-hmm. stories to other people, it becomes abstracted even more, right? Yeah. When people ask you in small talk, like, so what are your parents like? What do they do? You know, you give like this bullet point version of your parents' life consolidated into like six sentences sure. and you've more greatly condensed what they've condensed in telling to you, leaving out these large swaths. And then when you find out one of these things, which has happened to me with my parents as well over the last couple of years, my grandmother, who's much, much older and I've been trying to pull stuff out of while she's still here, you like hear these anecdotes and you go like, my entire notion of you is completely disrupted. Yeah. I don't yeah. know how to slot that in between these two points in the six sentences I used to have about you. Like the right. story that I have created for you right. is now you've distorted that. You created a story in your life and then I created it even further. And I don't know how to fit it in here. It's yeah. missing episodes, a season of a show yeah. that I never got to see and whatever. And I, there's also that moment Julia Roman plays so well where it's because they only cut back to them like five times maybe um yeah, you know it's pretty consistent she's reading the book and she looks up and she says like you must have met dad pretty shortly after and she's right. doing and the math yeah and she's doing yeah. the math of just like at this point there's a 50 50 shot that this button dude is my biological <laughs> father yeah i know when i was born i know when dad would have and to where's enter. the button money Right. All of this. It's getting it's getting like uncomfortably close. And it's not a thing she can yell at her mother about. Her mother can barely breathe. She chastises her mother, though. She's like, I'm finding out this way. This is, you know, she does have that moment. But there's uh, only a degree to which. Yeah, she can't relitigate. She can't open it all up. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Ormond, I also love it's one line that they never revisit again Mm. where she's saying, well, you know, I have, you know, I haven't made much of my life. Like Julia Ormond saying that. And it's like, see, everyone feels like it's just, it's it's not just. Her character's an astronaut. Right. Yeah. (laughs) She lived in Wyoming with Brad Pitt for a while. Yeah. Um, Yeah. No, no, no. 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 That's, that's very true. Yes. That, That she, She's afflicted with Benjamin Button disease, which we all are, which is, you know. That's the take. Could I have done more? We actually all have it. Look, Fincher is someone who's had a a great career, right? And was was something of like a a wonderkind and everything. Right. But could he have called himself De Finchman earlier? Could he have had all his movies called Finchman Joints? That it took the Doughboys to come up with the name he should have been assigning himself from the very beginning. No, but also, like, certainly a director who had a serious case of the Attaches over years. You know, in projects that you fall apart, that he drops out of, that he gets fired off of all these things. You know, you're just like, he must be overridden with a sense of like, if I had made this movie at this point, does my career go this way instead of that way? He and Del Toro should go get drinks and talk about exactly that. Oh, and just try to work through some, th- some things. The attaches yeah. is our new phrase that JJ yeah. coined. It's good. It's, it's Well, good. it's good. And it describes a very particular kind of director. Kind of, it has, yeah. You have to be a pretty big director yeah. because it yeah. means yeah. lots of people want you but to see, make their movie. And those two guys even are like, but let's not invite Romanek. Well, no, but he's, he's but got he's chronic also, attaches. Yeah, he's yeah. and he unfortunately yeah, he's addicted. He never right. gets the mace. He's too much right? of a bummer. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. exactly. He's too much of a bummer. Like <laughs> yeah. he just got hit by a car in Paris. Like we're right. not. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah. Just like what if it said like directed? <laughs> he got Orson. Beach. How about this? Yeah, yeah. This. How about this? Directed by David Fincher. Uh-huh. Okay. Paid to black. Next okay. credit comes up. From the desk of the Finch Man. <laughs> That's, that'd be his writing. Yeah, that should be his version yeah. of yeah. Spike Lee Joint. There you go. But it's, but it's said in, in um, I know they have a voice for it, but I think it should be said in your Verhoeven voice. Yeah. From the desk of the Finch Man. How about, how about yeah. sprung from the twisted bean of the Finch Man? There you go. 
part two of this film yeah. is the the settling part. You know, Benjamin returns to New Orleans, so does Daisy. They reunite. Queenie dies. They yes. fall in love. They Let me have just say, a kid. She opens a ballet studio. Well, you're breezing through a lot of stuff. I'm not. This is the movie starts to breeze. What I no, it does. What I want to say is uh, when he comes to visit her in the hospital, I think that's the first sure. time she says, You're perfect, right? Which yes. she basically says variations of that three times. Right. Like every time she sees him again, he looks even better and she's more out of mostly envy. Yes. Totally. Not, it, it, there is attraction there. Exactly. But it's mostly the kind of thing of like, me, you could you know, stand to be like, yeah, I was fucking old man for right, right. like, years. come on, I had a, bad, exactly. a pretty bad run of <laughs> Let things. Let me enjoy this. But I was it, seven, but I looked a what lot. If he older. still had the voice. Yeah. It, I, mean, I that really good. I wish. <laughs> but she, she, her career is a is in some some part about vanity. It's about yes, physical ability as well. She can't be a and star every anymore. time she she's like. Ugh, like like my my sister has this obsession. She's one one and a half years older than me. That I don't have any wrinkles, and she does. I don't really think she has wrinkles, but uh-huh. she always like we'll be. I'll be like saying something pertinent about my life, and she'll just yeah. kind of be like, oh, "You don't have any wrinkles." Well, I like you know it's that kind of thing. I always, Humble brag. I always, I, I don't, I disagree with her, but I always feel terrible how I about how I look, and if you show me a picture of me from three years earlier, yeah, I'm dude. like, this Jesus is fucking. This it. is the most common syndrome. It. It's always everyone I, yeah. has this, right? And it's so true. Like where I'm like looking at a young picture of myself, and I'm like, damn, I look great, and also I'm like, I know I didn't like this. I was miserable. I know I thought this looked bad. 100%. I know I thought I didn't. And have it's it's it. the myth of the button thing of your like the juice, right? I you're didn't like, have dud juice. Does <laughs> right. Button, like, is he in the right mindset at the moment he's in his peak condition where he would know how to use it for whatever that means, right? Where he no. would appreciate it. Yeah. And you're like, no, he doesn't. And 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 she looks at him with spite every time. You know, there's yeah. there's this brief moment in the middle where they sort of actually, like, are able to be with each other. And it's so funny to think about they've known each other at that point for... You know, his 15, her whole, 20 years? Yeah, more longer. 30 and years. You're like, this is the first time they're actually really spending extended time together. Yeah. They don't they don't actually know each other that no. well. Yeah. It's like a day here, a day yeah. there, spread out by years. Yeah. I kind of love when they do finally uh sleep together because I feel like the way it goes down is like it's very much like, Do you want to sleep together? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Let's do. Go. Yes, right. like, yes. Very, like, yeah, this has been building up mm-hmm. for a really yes. long time. Yes. It's, it's not tension. like let's light a candle. No, no let's like, she's like, make love to me. He's like, mm-hmm. also we gotta <laughs> <laughs> he's like, Yeah, Ripping his shirt off as as he's answering, pants. <laughs> and there's a timeline on it. Yeah, <laughs> they land on her. Yes. She doesn't mind. Right, no, but there's like yes, it, it, the the timeline is is more loud for them because it's like we've been in opposite directions. This right. one moment, we're right here at yes. the center, and then yeah. she's going to be p- p- possibly too vain to want to sleep with like beautiful 22-year-old ask Benjamin, you know, like... Johnny like, Swade Benjamin, we call him. Right, there you go. Cool, cool yes. world, perhaps? Cool yeah. world Benjamin. Yeah. I think another part of that, too, is that, like, you, you said earlier in this episode, like, we all know dying is inevitable. We're going towards that. We know what happens. Mm-hmm. It's free, scary. Free, for you guys, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. You have no rings. No, yeah, yeah, no, I'm fine. Um, but, like, you know, if you're lucky enough to have the privilege to grow old... Mm-hmm you look forward to all these things that are kind of scary and depressing. And that's if you get to live a long life, right? Benjamin Button is this one guy where everyone's like, I actually don't know what happens the last 20 years of his life. I think everyone around him is wondering, including himself, do I turn to a giant baby? Do I stay this way forever? Mm -hmm. 
do I like turn into dust? Like what happens? So like she's overcome with the like, my life is on the decline. Mm-hmm. I'm past my physical peak. I'll never get to fulfill my greatest passion, all this sort of stuff. And he, this is what he's been looking forward to his entire life is basically him and Daisy being equals, yeah. being able to be together, which only satisfies him so briefly before he starts to go, yeah, but what else can I do in my life? And also, what can't I do? Because, like, obviously, the idea is I would settle down with a child. Right. And, like, but I'd, he's in a way to also too prideful to let that yes. happen or too worried, you know, like, I think about my dad, like, it's a different sort of story, but, like, choosing to have children, you know, let's say 10 years later than most people do, like, knowing, like, okay, when my son's 40, I'll be 89, like, you know, um, but, like, you, I think this movie, you're like, he should have stayed at least for some time. Absolutely. No, and Fitcher is It's the most self-assistious, selfish decision. It doesn't make any sense. Because they would have figured it out, but, you know. He also doesn't turn into, like, a teenager who doesn't know anything for years. Yeah. Fincher has said that this was, unsurprisingly, his single biggest fight with Paramount. And it was, like, a point he refused to move on, which is he doesn't say anything. Right. He just, just like, leaves leaves in the middle of the night. It really upset both of us when we were watching it. Yeah. Because now it feels so crazy. And he's just like, I think that's the character we've built. Like, this guy is so bottled in his emotions, Mm -hmm. you know? And he is just operating out of fear. And it's just, like, that's kind of... And... It it is a point of cruelty that is hard for the audience to get past, especially when it's kind of inexplicable, where he can't even verbalize it to himself. Right. It it just, it does make it, it hits flatter for me when he's like brushing his teeth on the mountain or whatever. And I'm like, oh, great. You had all your experiences, buddy. Yeah. I mean, I think the other thing about like Brad Pitt getting nominated, which is interesting, I get why he did, but like, he's really good. He's good in it, but also like, we, uh, you finish this movie being like, wow, we've, Benjamin has expressed himself so much. And it's like, no, only in voiceover. Yes. Yeah. You're getting a lot of narration. It's all in his, and I mean, I love there's that moment where he's torn a bunch of pages out of the book. Yeah. And she's like, don't no know idea. what this is and yeah. it's like we'll never fucking know yeah. because we're only reading his version of his tale yeah. Lollapalooza uh, yeah too curious too curious like this tale could be curious well he, it was he the did curious he, <laughs> oh, hello. he spent some time in New Mexico working on some kind of science project with <laughs> some people yeah uh huh. Um, yep. But also, like, I, I, you know, comparing it to Meet Joe Black, like, it's kind of a similar performance. Like, yeah. Like mm-hmm. in the present tense of of the movie, like, kind of blank, curious, but cold. Like, yeah. You know, Orson, Joe Black. It's Orson Bean. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's not Joe Black. Okay. Yeah. yeah Joe, that's, that's right. The that's, other guy. That's the, yeah. the, the that's, body. Joe that Black scene will is absolutely hysterical. Still, <laughs> yeah. it is. I watched it last night. It and is I was like, maybe. One, it can never be deleted. No. Oh, but no, it is no. maybe the one scene where if Martin Press was like, I actually, I needed to digitally alter it. I yes, need to do a special insane. edition. I don't know what I, we were yeah, thinking. Yeah, yeah. I would be like, I fully understand, my friend. Let's also admit that Joe Black, by his very profession, is basically an Orson Beaner. <laughs> he Go can ahead. choose to Orson Bean you if he if He exists he so, to yeah. Orson Bean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He Orson Beans us out of this plane and onto the next one. So we're just now using Orson Bean to mean Correct. leaving this mortal coil. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. to Breitbart <laughs> contributor Orson Bean. <laughs> Did you know he became a Breitbart no, contributor what? late in life? No. Yep. Oh, yeah. He's so good in Equalizer 2. He's so good in fucking being John Malkovich. Yeah. He was a, he was on Carson 200 times. Did you know that? No. He was like one of those guys. Like, it was just like, now Orson Bean. I just you remember. Know, and he got hit by a car on Carson? He did. It's horrible. What are we doing? The Criterion commentary for being John Malkovich. I think it might be Jones and Gondry together. Gondry? 
I, you mean I, Kaufman? No, I think it might be Gondry. Why it's Gondry and another filmmaker. Okay, fine, sure. Uh, Gondry's just like, this part's crazy. No, one point they start talking about Orson B, and they're like, sure. he was such a great actor. It's it really like you're was, talking like he's dead. Yeah, and then someone Googles him <laughs> in the middle of it, and they were like, he's still Phil alive. Gacken. And Spike Jones is like, what? He is so fucking funny and being John Malkovich that yeah. like like where he's just being normal and introducing the job and then he talks about like how this woman's like breasts are divine ambrosia yes. anyway and she's so funny yes he's, it's yeah. like my favorite bit he also it, does all the exposition in that movie yes. Of, yes of how it works no he's great yeah, yeah. he's great I just like that Spike Jones was sort of talking with yes. the knowledge of like, like and I went to visit Orson. him in his dying right. days yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and then he's like, basically nah, just like I assumed we shot this movie 20 years ago that guy's still <laughs> no he's apparently he's lining up a Denzel yeah. sequel as long as he never tries to cross the road he'll <laughs> live forever <laughs> I apologize to the friends and family of Orson Bean. Um, so, yes, he abandons his family. Uh, he Johnny Swades himself. He yep. cool worlds himself. He Thelma and Louise's all the way right back to the ballet studio. <laughs> California. Mostly so. in shadow. The yes. de-aging does work, but it's all done very carefully where it's like we do not see too much of no. him. Yes. No. To keep it from feeling waxy. Yeah. Interesting yeah. thing Fincher said is because the de-aging on Kate Blanchett is so good. Yeah. And for this being pretty early in that technology, when it often looks so bad, I was like, why is this better? She's got a smooth face. Smooth face. He said she he and I have that in common. In, yep. In some of the younger scenes that he actually had to age her up. Interesting. Uh, but no, the other thing he said is her face is so sculpted that all we really did was fill in her cheekbones. Right. Yeah. That we weren't removing wrinkles. You all we did like was we baby gave fat. her baby fat. Yes. Yeah, we yeah, added yeah. cheeks and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Because, yeah, she obviously has become more pinched as as all people do. <laughs> um and then yeah, Benny turns into they do have sex once when he's like Thelma and Louise. Yeah. And she but, seems really insecure during it. Uh, it's a really good scene. Like that shot of her getting, getting dressed, dressed yeah. mm-hmm. is such a clever thing for Fincher to include. Yes. Like that like vulnerability she has. And obviously he's, you know, quote unquote perfect or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And like how she feels perceived by him, even though yeah. she yeah. No, it, it's kind of, there's a little bit of a, an interesting, like, baton pass. Yeah. Yeah, where, no, at this point, he's not a character, really. No, and it, you're really staying with Blanchett more in in the present of the journals, even though, yeah. yeah. Um, and no, then, it really becomes her movie for the last 20 minutes. Yes, maybe. Yeah, more. it's, you know, yeah. then he's a teenager, and he's, right, he's basically a demented old man in the body of a child it's, for the uh, rest of the movie. It's upsetting. It's upsetting. It's really upsetting. Yeah. Because yeah. you do, I mean, it's such a long movie and you do get caught up. You are kind of like, okay. You, well, yeah, no, but, right. but you get caught up in the same kind of delusion that the people who know him are, which is like, he's yeah. eternal. Something magical. Somehow he's eternal. Yes. You know? Right. And yet it's like, no, no, no. He's got, he's, we found him sleeping under a fucking bridge or whatever it is, like, right. yeah. because he doesn't have anyone. He, he's, a, he's left his life, you know? Yeah. Um, which is also like how a lot of old people end up you know sure yes if they don't have someone to you know right help them look i mean we uh, i think we've all made a uh i'm glad we are all on the same page vouching for this movie's uh, uh I right, right to respect right yeah. yeah i still think inarguably it's in the bottom half of his filmography i have it yeah but he has a he has an he exceptional does. filmography he does i think this movie gets a bad rap but i also like could never argue it's one of his five best films no i have it a little below that it's right. interesting and I think it's, it's, it's more worthy it's than successful. it has a reputation for being. Yes. Right. And I think it's of a piece with his filmography rather than people seeing it as like, that's the one weird time he tried to make someone else's kind of movie. 
Which it's I as sentimental as he's going to get. Yeah. It's, the, it's as sentimental as he's going to get, but I think Griffin is right that it's it's got way more of Fincher in him than you might think or right. that, mm-hmm. that, that he gets credit and Once for. again, as sentimental as he can possibly get, in the movie where the guy abandons his daughter without even leaving a note. Yeah, yeah. but I don't like yeah. that part. Yeah, that's my point, though. That's don't in like line it. with Fincher's worldview. I guess it is. And yeah. he gets to do a pretty, I think, effective and creepy World War II scene. Yeah, yeah it's you a know? good scene. No, that scene's really good. A little good. action for people who've... You know, been dragged to right. Yeah, it turns theater. out that was U five seven one, and it's McConaughey right. on the other end. Right. And then you, right. Jack Noseworthy is somewhere in there. You finish the book at the moment as your mother breathes her last breaths as yes. they evacuate mm-hmm. the hospital, mm-hmm. and as you see the clock get drowned. It's uh, just yes. like all yeah. of this just fucking goes away. Yeah. Right. yeah, that's it. That's it. And then the clock metaphor. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't perfectly line up with Benjamin's no. situation, but it. Yeah, it's evocative. Yeah. yeah. And okay. and then you get why it's during Katrina. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good movie. I think it's a good movie. I do too. If you don't like it, I don't care. What's it, working well? It got 13 Oscar nominations. Toot, toot, here comes the Orson Mobile. It wins visual effects, I Correct. assume. Correct. It wins art direction? No. Uh, yes, art direction. Yes. And the third one would have been costumes? Makeup. Makeup. Oh, of course. I lost costumes. I'm not sure to who. Let's find out. Uh, 2008, uh, there's an obvious it lost one. lost costumes, of course, to the Duchess. Yeah. The Just Duchess. a couple of final thoughts here. Please. Did I mention I was struck by lightning seven times? Did that come up on this? Who's that guy? You that should have meted it out, you know, maybe one, one reveal every 10 minutes of the podcast. If interested oh, in the commentary, yeah. you know, a, a director notorious for doing multiple takes uh, in a movie like this that's so technically precise with needing to line up head replacement whatever i think that was even more of an extreme thing yeah and he would do so many takes of this guy and they'd be like i think we have it don't you want to move on he's like i just really like watching him act oh that's he was like i do the takes because i just i thought this guy was so good on camera he is roy sullivan is the actor yeah a lot of the especially oh no i'm sorry roy sullivan is the real person that he's based on who was struck by lightning seven times oh wow the character is called mr dawes Mm mm-hmm in the movie. He's very recognizable to me. I just want to find yeah. who plays Mr. Dawes. This is where fucking AI should be uh, doing this. AI me. should be doing this for I'm you? Joking. No, not fucking, not Dick Van Dyke. Wait a second. What? Because <laughs> that's the character in Mary Poppins as well, oh, Mr. Okay. Dawes. Uh, Ted Manson. Okay. okay. I don't, don't, didn't you recognize that guy? He's the grandfather in Talladega Nights. That's what I know him from. Great. He's so go. funny in so, that. He's also, of course, this I'm going to come at you like a spider monkey. Sad Joe in Elizabethtown. Sure. Oh, God. I'm out. I'm well, out. Well, technically, I'm... every character in that movie has sad before their name, <laughs> yes. right? Yeah. He feels like one of those guys who just was biding his time till he turned 75. Correct. And suddenly Hollywood was like, we need an old guy, and it's you. A classic Patrick Crenshaw. Right. Yeah. Um, um, that's who he is, though. He's fucking talented and nice. He's yes. Chip. Yeah, he's Chip. Did you know that June Squibb and... Um, uh, Mary Ellen Burke are both in J- Meek Joe Black. Is it Mary Beth Burke who plays um, the mom in whatever? I'm rambling, but like, yeah. But June Squibb is in Meek Joe Black and has yeah. many many lines. That's well. Yeah, yeah. She, no, she was around. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure who you mean though. It's not Mary Burke. It's, we can think about it. Uh, yes, this film was nominated for various. She Oscars. plays the guy's mom in, in, in Sideways. What? 
Oh, oh, so right, no, right. June Squibb is not the mom no, in Sideways. No, no, June she's the wife. Second actress about Schmidt, about Schmidt, who did right. very well and in their older age. She's yeah. in uh, Mary Louise Burke. Mary Louise Burke. Mary Louise Burke. She's um, great. Anyway, okay, quick. I just have oh, a couple yeah. more. Please, please. Okay. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. So we were talking about the logic, mm-hmm. right? Of, of how this like could work. Uh, sure. Wouldn't he? Could he come out as a ghost initially? Then mm-hmm. go on, turn into I'm not sure that he should go on. some he sort should, of funky phantom. He should be born as a funky phantom. That's what I'm saying. Okay. And then, like, it's like Dr. Manhattan, like, you see a skeleton walking around, yes, you that's see some what muscle. That's what I'm saying. He could have been a little bone. Oh, man. he should recompose. You right. just want a bone man. Yeah. This is just a roundabout way. <laughs> Wait a second, of you getting yes, a bone man on screen, and then he starts getting hair and <laughs> yeah. his nails and flesh. Yeah, no, no, it's, muscle. Good, it's a good pitch. It's a good pitch. Because then he could also come out as a full-grown thing if he was a ghost. I like. I know what you mean, but when you keep on <laughs> phrasing it as come out, I keep thinking you're saying, like, announce his identity as. <laughs> Mom, Dad, I'm a little bone man. <laughs> a little bone man. This film. Do you have further notes, Ben? Yeah, just last thing is, um, hey, uh, uh, listeners, look both ways when you're crossing the yeah. street. Don't, don't twirl. Don't get beamed. Don't be, get don't be beamed. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't get blacked. Well, don't hey, say that. Well, sorry. You can cut it out. Uh, keep Joe it black. Um, The weird thing about this movie is, yes, it didn't win Best Picture, mm-hmm. even though it was a big movie, right? That's not surprising. Who did it, like, lose to? The Slumdog, Slumdog Buzzsaw. Yes. That's the weirdest thing about Slumdog is yeah. you're like, the most unexpected, where it's like, well, what were you supposed to do? Slumdog yeah. had it. One and it, and this, I think this would have won had Slumdog not. Yeah, uh, possibly, well, because based it's on a the very weak year. Obviously, it's the year that they don't night, nominate The Dark Knight and Wally. And right. like, you That's know, the their scene thing. is missing out on. Grant to a lesser extent. Right. Yeah. Is missing out on these popular films. And right. yes, like, I do think of Button, Frost Nixon, The Reader, and Milk. Right. Button probably is the front runner. I think Milk is. Maybe the better liked movie and actually wins two it's, big but Oscars. Somehow never had that heat behind it, even though no. I think it's because it's a biopic. But it's, I guess. it's like and it was gay. Yeah. What? It's so good. Did you know that? Did you not pick that Is up? Is he gay? Milk. I thought he was made of milk. Man, <laughs> no, Josh Brolin's gay in it. Uh, yes. No. You know, because he's gay. He's definitely. Yeah. But still, one actor in screenplay. Yeah. yeah. Milk. Yeah. Um, a little bit of controversy around the screenplay win, but we can talk mm-hmm. about that off air. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. He's still working today. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, I'm seeing here he wrote a movie this year. He wrote Rustin, right? Uh, Rustin? I don't know. Black? I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just saying, imagine if as a director you went from August Wilson to Dustin Lance Black as your screenwriter, how that would go. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, But it is, yeah, it's just funny. It's like, yeah, well, what were you supposed to do, though? The Slumdog Millionaire train. Yeah, you there's know, no Chug them all the way through. Right. Like Fincher's sitting there losing, just how, being. And that that was apparent at what point in this? I know you guys probably talked about this during. In, like, the Oscar race? I yeah. don't even know. I, I think from Like, the, how far do they see it coming? My, my, my perception of memory is that like from the moment Slumdog plays a TIFF, and it is the front runner. Right. Button screens late, doesn't right. come out until Christmas. Right. And I think from the time Button's like the one waiting to be the last was, movie yes, the critics correct. see. The last you know. hope to knock right. it off. They yes, were like, yes. well, if this thing's undeniable, it pushes Slumdog off the mantle. And right. I think yeah. the reaction was very well done. Yes. But a lot of critics were like, eh, this is a sap fest. You know, yeah. it got but, dismissed by a lot of critics. Yes. 
And, you know, then it gets put into the, yeah, it'll win some technical Oscars. What I find so fascinating is it's a sap fest and also it didn't make me cry enough. Like, I yeah. feel like it was getting hit from both yeah, sides. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's true. Right. Yeah, but yeah, but Fincher the Iceman is right. still behind the camera. I'm going to feel and he won't give me the release. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Because yeah. it's yeah. a little too in its head, you know, yeah. in, a good, in a good, interesting way. But, but it's a big t- hit. It is a big hit. I, I, it made 127 domestic, 329 worldwide. It's a good hit. It's a good hit. But it's not a, you know. Much bigger overseas. Bigger overseas, but like you know what I mean. Like it's not quite the phenomenon you maybe no. want it to. Be. No, like, it's, it's not like, making Slumdog numbers. It's like no. Nicho Black. Like yeah, it like made. I, I probably it was an expensive broke movie. even maybe, but right. like yeah, I mean yeah. this did much better than Nicho Black yeah. Yeah. domestically. Yeah. Um. But yes, no. It, it's the thing is like Forrest Gump is that weird on paper. This does not seem commercial, and yet it was a fucking triple crown winner. Right. And they would just keep on going like every once in a while, we you have to pick an we'll... odd piece of material, stack it full of top tier talent, mm-hmm. and maybe this thing just hits the zeitgeist just right. There better be a southern accent. Yes. It, you know. But it made less domestically than the film it opened against on Christmas 2008. You were starting to talk about this right before we started recording. About now, basically Christmas, you get a classic standard blockbuster, maybe one kid's movie counter-programming. And it, one oscar movie, probably. It yeah. used to be like six big studio six films. Six fucking things just that have nothing to do with Just fed into the bloodbath right. and often five of them will succeed. Like, yeah. It, it, the biggest It's weekend. a fertile time. Yes. Uh, Benjamin Button's opening number three out of, you know, four new openings okay. on the top five. The one that I believe won the bloodbath, surprisingly, mm-hmm. embarrassingly for Brad, was Jennifer Aniston's Marley movie? Correct. Marley had the killer instinct. Marley? Also <laughs> about death. Also about death. Also about also death. death. Marley and Me makes 36 domestic. It's and, an ordinary uh, dog. Th- yeah. We made this dog. Uh, makes 36 opening weekend, 143 domestic. Yeah. It doesn't do as well worldwide. Sure. Worldwide, people didn't care about Marley. But America loved Marley. America liked Marley. Loved Marley. Loved Marley. We love Marley. Have you met this dog? So Marley and Me is number one. I'm seven, but I look a lot older. <laughs> Seven and dog years. He could be button. He could have oh, buttoned. He could have Owen? Yeah. Wow. Hey, hey, you, hey, you you want a button? <laughs> Number two at the box office is not the curious case of Benjamin Button. No, no it is a family comedy with a big star. Is it a opener or is it a opening a, this week to 27 mil on its way to a domestic take of one? 10. I feel like this is the one that people thought was going to be number one. And Marley Maybe. and Me was kind of the surprise. I mean, this movie stars a big comedy star. In 2008. But I would say it's regarded as one of his lesser... It's not Gulliver's Travels, is it? No. But is it, am I kind of in the right ballpark? Sort of. It's not a feral. No. It's not a stiller. No. It's a big comedy star. It's not a carry? Or no. is it? No. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who are the other comedy A-listers of Who's this moment? One? And Owen Wilson's already there. Is it not a Vince Vaughn? No, who's bigger than him? Big comedy star of the 2000s. Sandler. Adam Sandler. Bedtime Stories. Bedtime Which Stories. is not good. His one dalliance with Disney, I feel like. And this it is his only Disney film. Benjamin Button, also sort of a bedtime story. Yeah. That's true. It is. Parallels everywhere. Yeah. Uh, never seen Bedtime Stories. Not good. Is that with Carrie Russell or is that no, Click? No. That's Carrie Russell. Oh, it is. Click is who? Teresa Palmer. Guy Pierce is the villain. Click is uh, Beckinsale. 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 Yeah. Kate. I think I've now seen yeah. 
all the Sandler vehicles. I think I finally filled in all my final gaps, but this one I saw in theaters. And didn't like. No, not good. Number three, Benjamin Button. Number four is another new opener. Mm -hmm. I think a film that one time had Oscar hopes, Mm -hmm. um, but didn't really pan out. Kind of a flop by the standards of this star. Mm -hmm. Uh, And a director who's had some stories in the news. (laughs) Recently? (laughs) You know, the last few years. It's not a Gibson. No. Worse. Some stories worse. <laughs> is it Valkyrie? It's like James Woods and Brian yeah. Singer's Valkyrie. Yeah. Benjamin Button also killed some Nazis. Yeah. Uh he did. But weirdly and, uh, whereas Tom Cruise tried his fucking best, but yeah. uh, blew it. Weirdly the movie that then like sets up Tom Cruise's redemption arc by finally teaming him up with Macquarie and then they build a relationship that that is true. Rebuilt him. Um, that is one yeah. of those movies where I was so hyped at the time because I yeah. was sort of like Superman Returns underrated. Yeah. Like Tom Cruise doing a prestige movie. Love that. And yeah. it is a weirdly flat movie. It is. There's the one thing in that movie I think is really impressive that I that I think about a lot. That they wanted to kill Hitler, which I think is a good. Yeah. I think what? that actually stands up well. What's impressive? Court. I mean, I, I was also just pumped because it's like Bill Nye, Kenneth Branagh, Tom Wilkinson. You know, they've got all these But they're guys. doing BYOA. Yeah, they are. Bring your own accent. They're also doing, <laughs> like, uh, N-A-R. No acting no required. required. Yes. Um, I just sit here in this uniform and read the lines. It'll be fine, right? You know. Yes. I was listening to the, the Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning spoiler special podcast that Empire put out, which are really good. And are a quick 18 hours yeah, across six episodes. Yeah, that's why I haven't gotten to it yet. Yeah. Um, but he was saying he gave Cruz full credit for this, that in his script, it was like they make the assassination attempt. The bomb goes off. Hitler survives it. You immediately cut to Hitler and is like, they tried to assassinate me. And Cruz said, don't cut back to Hitler. Right. And he's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, live in it where they think they've succeeded. Right. And stay in the tension of that for 30 or 40 minutes. And Macquarie is like, that won't work. People know Hitler didn't die. And Cruz was like, the audience won't care. And I remember sitting there in the theater in the 30 minutes where they're proceeding as if they've succeeded and feeling genuine tension, mm-hmm. even though I knew where it was going and how it ended. And it is this kind of like power of movies thing yeah. where there's this chunk of the movie where you're just like gripped. Yeah. <sighs> not anyway, a good not movie. A good movie. No. Number five. That opened on Christmas. I don't know what anyone was. What on earth? I it's an insane. That was only decision. fifteen years ago, and that's like talking about a different planet. It's yeah. just literally like people in theaters, like Tom Cruise in an American accent in a Nazi uniform, saying like Hitler is seen as yeah. last sunrise, and people are like, "We could see that at Christmas." Not only that, <laughs> hey, hey, babe, do you want to see bedtime stories or the movie where Tom Cruise plays a Nazi? Not only that, both with, are opening on Christmas with a, with an eye patch. Yeah, with an eye patch. <laughs> Not only that, but that's patch, Cruise right. being like, "I need to convince audiences that I'm normal." Uh, People number... think I'm crazy. No, now. let's actually. You know what? Let's 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 compromise. We'll see the movie where Brad Pitt plays Sling Blade as a wizened old baby. <laughs> That's the truth. The family had to agree on Button is the most normal. It's like I don't want to. That's watch what a my dog family die. would have done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go to. I and I yeah. saw this film with my yeah. girlfriend at mm-hmm. the time and her parents. Yeah. And it was truly a like got to do something on Christmas. Yeah. You know, uh, at the AMC Lincoln Square. Mm-hmm. I remember very clearly. Um, number. Uh, five at the box office is uh, a Jim Carrey comedy falling to number five from number one the week before. It is Yes Man, right? Yes Man. Yeah. 
Jim Carrey's basically last swing at just like doing a Jim Carrey comedy. Mm, Mr. Popper's Penguins, but then I think yeah. that doesn't count. Yeah, then yes, you're right. Right? Because that's a kid's movie. Yeah. This is just him being like, it's a high concept movie. Let's with just me. do Liar Liar, but yeah, different. Right. Yeah. This was, so, you know, it, it's been litigated many times what caused the death of the studio comedy over the course of like 15 years, a thing I yes, bring my hands back to on this podcast. But this, uh, Yes Man, was an interesting case study where they were like, these movies are getting too expensive. They don't do as well overseas. The stars cost too much money. Yeah. Uh, and you price yourself out of good scripts. And Carrie was like, I'll take no upfront salary, right. only back end. Perfect. That's a way to keep the bu- budget down. I'm betting on myself. And people pointed as like, this is a model going forward. And basically no one tried that ever again. Yeah, well, you know. And that's for a mediocre movie. And he, and it okay. still made money. It yeah. made money. Yeah, yeah he, still- made more, he made more than the 20 he would have made upfront had he stuck to his quote. Right, right. Number six of the box office is seven pounds. Don't eat, do not uh, touch the jellyfish. Normal, mm-hmm. like Diana. Yeah, this and is I the had. thing. This is people are like, where did <laughs> fucking Diana? And I where did Marvel come from? I'm like Hollywood was yes. a little bit out of ideas. Yeah, but also look, <laughs> I'm not. They were rummaging in the junk drawer, be like, will this work? Is this the movie? Buttons? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> jellyfish. What is fascinating though Nazi is you, Tom you look Cruise? at this ten, and a lot of people are a little bit off their game, but it's like yeah. stars, right? Yeah. It it's like Owen Wilson, Jennifer Aniston, Brad Pitt, and Kate Blanchett, mm-hmm. Will Smith, Tom Cruise, Adam Sandler, Sandler Jim Carrey, Carrey, Jim Carrey, Jellyfish, These are all A-listers, Jellyfish, Despero, oh, and the his tail, and his tail, and the tales his tail. he told. Uh, number seven at the box office. Number eight, Keanu Reeves, uh, and the day the earth should still a big star, big star, not a big. That's hit, his obviously. last hit before he goes into totally. another Can you imagine to be saved from work. A yeah. multiplex now where all of those people are in movies that you could go see. No. Uh, at once. That's, no. I mean, that's why. And not one of those films is a sequel. Uh, no. There's a remake. No. They're book adaptations. No, I mean, seven Well, Benjamin Button's a sequel to Clifford. But other than that, yeah. Yes, no, it is no. wild to think and about. And you know like, what? We're yeah. going to keep it going because number nine is not a sequel. It's The Spirit, which is sort of, which is a huge flop. Oh, obviously. humongous flop. Disaster. The opening this weekend. Again, right. Christmas. Yeah. Cr- that's, Christmas for this? That's, that's also a moment where people are like, oh, maybe superhero movies are finally dead. Yeah, yeah right. right. That's a good yeah. point. But, you know, obviously. We did it. The Spirit is sort <laughs> yeah. of a sequel yeah. to Sin City. Yes. Like it's being presented that way. Yeah. But, you know. And then 10 is Doubt. Yeah. Which is, I don't think, a sequel. David, look it up. <laughs> no, I'm saying uh, we, have to, send, actually, we have to send yeah. a family photo to daycare, okay? Just being right. You have to send one? They want one. Is a family day? They're doing some kind of family photo thing. I don't know. Your but, daughter's uh, photo at school is very funny. Um, She's really into, for whatever reason, closing one eye when she smiles. She's doing a goofball <laughs> So it looks face. like she's, she's well, fucking should, Shirley Temple. You should, like, yes. you know, should never have shown her Valkyrie. Can I... <laughs> Can I say it, David? Daddy, I want one eye. She's giving a little stinker. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, she can be a little stinker she's sometimes. She's a little stinker. It's very cute when she's a little stinker, um, The other fascinating thing, Richard, you saying this feels like a million years ago. Mm-hmm. This is a I thing to, I feel like people are talking about a lot now. I had to go to number 17 to find a sequel, and it's Quantum of Solace. Wow. The tr- the, the first true sequel is Which had been is out Madag- for like six weeks. And also, the, yeah. James Bond doesn't really count. No. The first true sequel is Madagascar Escape to Africa. Which had also which been out 20. for like six weeks. Yeah. Eight, yeah. eight in fact. Jeez undershot it um no not only is it like can you imagine going to a multiplex and all those stars having new movies out and wide release but also that list is still largely our biggest stars like some people have waxed and waned a little bit yeah or they've shifted or whatever 
it's a lot of our favorite stars. You're right. Yeah, it's this thing that people talk about where Marley. it's like there was whatever uh, survey that came out of America's top movie star, not the Q score, but there was one of those sort of showcom things or whatever. And it was like the top 20 living movie stars. And the only guy who cracked it who was under 40 was Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Was the only guy who was not already a movie star by 1999. Right. I, I hear you. Yeah. But I think we have great new stars. I love them. It just feels like we're not letting them elevate. Because well, Hitman is going to Netflix. That's the fucking problem. Uh, look. We're not giving them... I, I understand we'll why say is. things off mic about that. Yeah. But um, but I mean, Glenn Powell's not young. He's no spring chicken. He's 34. Well, but he's, he's aging in reverse. So. Yeah. He's not aging in reverse. How he's do I know how aging. old Glenn Powell is? <laughs> you don't think I look that up every two days? Every, every minute of every day. <laughs> Come on. Give me um, some credit. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, you know, we have our young stars. I, you know. Well, I love yeah, our young stars. Some... I'm just saying. Can you say that like Trump, though? We love our young stars. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Zendaya. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna love her. You're gonna love her. They go, Glenn Powell. Glenn Powell, he's the future. Doesn't get to carry a movie at the box office. Hangman, they called him. He's supporting. If he's the lead, it goes <laughs> to streamers. They call him Zank, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know. They call him Zank. I like that we're all of us, our Trump sounds like a Borschbelt comment. Yeah, I don't know how to do Trump. Yeah. I wish I could do yeah. it better. And I says to him, I said, take my yeah. wife. Hey, Melania, he says. Anatomy of a fall, was he pushed? <laughs> it's just like I'm now doing like the whole festival season. That zone, there's a zone lot of interest, interest in that zone. Very bad things happening in that Somewhere zone. between Trump and Zoidberg. <laughs> <laughs> he has three daughters, what can I say? Oh boy. <laughs> um so that's enough on Benjamin Button. That's enough uh, on Benjamin done. Button, says David Sam. I think it's the truth. Yeah. The truth that I say that. Uh, now that merchandise we're all spotlight. Newborn babies. I think it's time to wrap up. Yeah, merchandise spotlight. We are nothing. Well, I know the criterion thing is kind of interesting. I have the criterion. Which is a fake criterion. Essentially. What do you right. mean? Well, there it, would be things because criterion, you know, hard, part of their thing is like their their curation. Nice art. What do they allow in? Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And there are people like Wes Anderson who have a, a pre-existing deal, his early film. Uh, uh, Touchstone Disney would be like, yeah, we'll let Criterion release it. And having a bigger, more commercial film would help finance the restorations of smaller, foreign, older films, whatever. Uh, now he puts in his contract, whenever he makes a new movie, after four or five years, the rights revert to Criterion, it goes to them, what have you, right? Fincher basically, Paramount, like, prepped the Blu-ray, did all the special features, and then he was like, I would like for this to be a Criterion movie. And Paramount basically paid to license Criterion as branding. Yep. And they like threw the C on it, but they physically made the thing. They it's did basically all the production. their Blu-ray in a Criterion's like sleeve is all it really but is. But even the sleeve, it's like this isn't what the Criterion no. art would look like. They yeah. took the poster, they put the Criterion it. C. It's like the one time people bought the honorific. And Fincher has, like, legit, I mean, game, I guess this is only other Criterion movie? Yeah, I think that's right. Well, well, we're waiting on Mank. No, Mank, is there a Mank disc? No, it was a false report. Is there it a Zank disc? might happen. There's no I'm Zank sure disc. Happen. The whole problem with him is it's not people a blue are like, rank? people are like, why won't anyone Take make this? A blue rank? There you go. A blank, blank? A blue rank. Uh, why won't people make this? It's like because Fincher has to sign off on it and he's going to take yes. forever yeah, to correct. sign off on it. Uh, that's what's been holding up the 7 4K. 100%. He, he needs to inspect every single fucking pixel timing. of the yes. thing. Yes, you know. But yeah, no, Benjamin Button is the one where it's like, no, that was by all intents and purposes, for all intents and purposes, uh, a, a Paramount Blu ray that just had this little Criterion C on it. 
Just interesting. <sighs> it is. It's certain forms on the internet, people are still they're still mad about it. <laughs> that fake C, there that crooked go. C. Yeah, you hit it. The very end. Oh my. Okay. It's um time to end the episode. Time to end the episode. I can't believe we have Goodbye. to record Meet Joe Black right after this. I know. You have to watch Meet Joe Black yeah. right after this. So we'll be done yeah. at midnight. We're doing every one of our Fincher records paired as a back to back with a a breast record, and then we're going to sit on the breast surface for I four mean, years. I know you guys have, this has been said so many times, sure. and you guys have talked about yourselves. Martin Breast is a perfect season. Yeah. No, we'll do it. We'll it's do. a fascinating season. We'll do and it. if and we don't short. do him, it's to piss you off. Correct. You who's listening, who cares about and, this. And not the royal you, not all of you, the one person right now where you're thinking, is it me specifically? Yes, it's you. Uh, I'll say that we did, we did the other day, we finally locked in an early 24 miniseries. That's one of the people we've been talking about forever, who's always just been a like, well, we'll do them at some point, we'll do them at some point. We just finally went, let's We're just do them. it. There, we've That's gotten exciting. to a certain point, not that the show has an end in sight, but we've been doing this for eight years. Some of those people on the inevitable list were like starting to pull them off and be like, let's just fucking do it. Yep. It's time, you know, we, uh, we're we all going to die someday. Yeah. And hopefully so. we'll die as little wrinkleless babies. <laughs> or giant ones in my in my case. Yeah. Uh, Richard, thank you for being here as always. Thank you for having me. This was very fun. 13? Um, Is this lucky number 13? Oh, uh, maybe. I don't know. Maybe with the, bo- with oh, the bonus fuck. episode. All right. Here we go. David, look it up as we're wrapping up. Anything you want to plug, Richard? Um, Little Gold Man, my podcast uh, at VF and my writing at VF.com. Um, if you are in the mood for a five-year-old YA novel, you could read All You Can do- All We Can Do Is Wait. Yeah, it's called yeah. All We Can Do Is Wait, uh, written by me. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, it's your 12th. Lady. Vanilla, Ryan, mm-hmm. Widowmaker, mm. Spanglish, mm-hmm. Home, yeah. Big Eyes. Mm. Big Guys. Big Guys. Big guys. Philly, Witches, <laughs> Dog, Sparaticus. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, Trolls, is, trolls makes trolls 13, is, but that doesn't And then Baker's Trolls doesn't. make 13. And a, trolls, course, a Trolls doesn't. Your, 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 trolls your Trolls are coming back to theaters this year. They're fall. banding together. Yeah. Um, I mentioned. Well, you didn't plug I that. Want, well, uh, my Trolls and I have had a falling out, unfortunately, because oh, uh, they are upset about my labor practices and residuals. So they're striking with their little signs, little bastards. Um, but we'll see. Branch. You know, I will welcome the Trolls United will never be defeated. Um, Poppy. They should be happy with what they're getting. Well, yeah. Well, well, well. Um, thank you all for listening. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you to Marie Barty for our social media and helping to produce the show. Lane Montgomery and the Great American Novel for our theme song. Joe Bowen and Pat Reynolds for our artwork. J.J. Birch for our research. A.J. McKee and Alex Barron for our editing. You can go to blankcheckpod.com for links to some real nerdy shit including our Patreon, Blank Check Special Features, where we do commentaries on film series and other stuff. We're doing the Pierce Bros and Bonds right about now. Right? Yeah. And we'll we'll done the Fincher music video episodes, some fun stuff over there. We also unlock every uh, 10 days an old episode from three years ago for free if you want to sign up for that. That episode is Aliens. Well, look at that timing. a dollar sign. Look at that timing. And coming up soon will be the previous Alien 3 episode. Yes. Where, no, that's not the one where Ben falls asleep. That's Resurrection. Um, <laughs> but something to look forward to. Yep. Uh, tune in next week for The Social Network, a movie that made some cultural impact. 
Uh, yeah, bit of a big movie. Kind of an anti-Benjamin Button. Yeah. And that's a movie that people will never stop talking about, it feels like. Ever. No. They should just make a sequel because there's so much has changed, but... Yeah. 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 Uh, tune in for that. Uh, and as always, uh, this episode, how long has it been? Not that long. Uh, Shorter than the movie. Two hours and 38 minutes. But it feels a lot longer. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that was coming. Yeah.